Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? Back back in New Zealand. Back after... When was the last time we recorded an episode? It was November, right? Had to be November. That sounds about right. Maybe October. Let me take a or look. Or maybe no. I mean, it's I, I. I went to the states December six, so I'm assuming at the well, latest we just we recorded something the first week of December. But I don't think so. I think it might have been nope, November. end of uh, November. It was, In November. Uh, so okay. I had saved it, and I was actually quick on the upload for that one. So that it looks like uh, this file was created uh, November twenty seventh. Okay. So, a few things first to get out of the way. Happy Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. Yep. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, absolutely. Happy New Year. Mm-hmm. Happy Martin Luther King Day. Yep. It's a big one. Happy uh, Waitangi Day, which was on the 6th. It's a New Zealand Hang holiday. on a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, what's that? So, that's basically, it's kind of like... It's the day that the crown screwed over the 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 native people of New Zealand. Call it white. Say that. What's the name of it again? Waitangi Day. Okay, I thought it was Waitangi Day, and I didn't like it. So basically, there's a treaty that's signed where, of course, the queen goes, and I and I don't understand if it was exactly the queen. It was somebody. It might have been a queen at the time, Victoria, maybe. Uh-huh. And said, "Hey, look, you know, native people that we've come in and decided to declare this land our land." We're signing this treaty, which means you'll have the rights to a bunch of stuff that we won't actually follow because we'll sign it so that way you give us a bunch of stuff and then we'll kind of not do the thing that we promise in the document. Right? You cool? And then go, okay, they're going to give us a bunch of stuff if we sign this document. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And so this day is that day. So that document has all of the things that should be happening in it as the crown with the Mori people of how they're supposed to interact with the British Empire. And whether or not they follow that to a T is yet to be determined. So yeah, it's a it's a holiday to commemorate the signing of the treaty as the as New Zealand's founding document. So it's kind of the declaration of independence, so to speak, is kind of this Treaty of Waitangi, which is the which is supposed to say this is what this is what declares the different tribes of New Zealand and how they interact with the crown. What are they owed? What is the land they're owed? What is the things that are sovereign? Those types of things. So that's a very poor yeah. explanation of it. Um, they do a bunch of classes around New Zealand that really explains the treaty that I should take. I should go to one of these classes on a Saturday where they can actually teach me like, okay, here's how Britain did it here versus what they did to the Native Americans in America. Hmm. All right. Fair yeah. enough. So anyways. Uh, so, any, any other holidays you miss? There's Wellington Day, which is like a local day to just celebrate the city, I think. I don't know. Every city has its day. In New Zealand, so Wellington had a day that was January twenty second. So happy Wellington Day! Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I got all the holidays that we missed. Valentine's Day is next week. Happy National so. Pizza Day! That was uh, Thursday. Okay, okay. I mean, isn't there a national day for every day of the year? Yeah, in the USA, right? Every day is a national day, so we're not going to every name day all of them. has a thing. Yeah, Brian Regan for a while on his Instagram hit. Every single day, he would say "Happy National Whatever Day," because <laughs> there is literally something every day. National Day calendar, because you could find that. Like, it, it's really bizarre, but uh, yeah. Like, see. is there a Today, national? There's nationaldaycalendar.com. Let me click on this and see. Yep, national pizza day. peppermint patty day. Is that today's day? It is. I see it. National uh, yeah. peppermint patty mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
on the 11th. Tomorrow, I guess for you, because it's, well, no, that's, well, which one is it? Oh, yeah. So national tomorrow, pork rind is national, day? yeah, National Pork Rind Day. Day of the and big game. National day is Super Plum Bowl. Pudding Day. Okay. Yeah, Plum Pudding. So there you gross. go. Yeah. Sounds like it would be good, though. Yeah, but it's got all, it's got, it's say? pudding, it's plum, but I don't think it's, I think it's one of those British, it's like spotted dick. It's fun to say. <laughs> February, they got the whole thing here. They got, there's so many days. There's so many different days. The, the, I found a calendar that shows different things for everything. So yes. today, being the 11th, <laughs> at least in America, winding down, but let's just jump to the 12th. Um, It's Darwin Day, Georgia Day, Hug Day. International Day Against the Use of Child Soldiers. That's really specific. Wow. Man Day. Man Day. <laughs> it's Mother's Day in Norway. NAACP Day. I think they're just making this up. Is that real? No, because the pork rind thing showed up too. Safety Pup Day. What the hell is Safety Pup Day? Is so, that like your kids can learn about safety precautions on Safety Pup Day on February 12th? Our furry puppet friends have been a guiding force to our kids since 1985. All right. Cool. So I'm, there's a whole sy- history. This site's great. Nationalday.com. It's, it, they actually got a really I'm good a, UX, and they show you all the details. They got like paragraphs on the history of safe. They they back this up with facts. Now I'm going to go back to Man Day. So it's I'm like also on national, nationaldaycalendar.com as well, which is interesting. So there's a day on on the Monday before Valentine's Day I want to I want to cover, but continue. Okay. Man Day is a celebration on the Sunday before Valentine's Day every year. On this day, men and women alike raise a toast to all the men in their lives. And this year, the celebration takes place on February 12th. While Valentine's Day is associated with romantic couples, Man Day is purely a celebration of all men whom you love and appreciate. So cheer and root for all men around you today. All of them. <laughs> so so, so because began, you said that. Th- there's a timeline here. Yeah started in uh 2002 uh if you're curious that's where it goes it gained popularity in 2020 so i want to see if this day exists on your site galentine's day galentine's day which is the day before valentine's day does that show up okay galentine's day Mm -hmm. so you have man day and then you have galentine's day which is the day that brings women together to celebrate each other every year the day before valentine's day (laughs) And the part mm-hmm. that I find funny is specifically women all have the one friend who cheers on her female companions. She is their best supporter, listener, companion. No matter what, she has your back. She's a lady who celebrates ladies. This day is the kind of day a woman like that would throw a party, and she should. <laughs> wow. Galentine's Day was first celebrated in 2010. Season 2, Episode 16 of Parks and Recreation sees the there female cast members celebrating the holiday with brunch and a gift exchange. And they got like a whole bunch of stuff. Celebration was born in 2011. Okay. But then it's also apparently on 23rd in, uh, on February 13th, it's also international condom day. International. So that's cool. Day. Okay. So we're in the international. international. I, yeah. I see that it's national cheddar day on the 13th. Okay. There's national tortellini day on the 13th and nationally clean out your computer day, which is the second Monday in February. So that's very useful. That's a very smart. Oh, this is cool. February 14th is Extraterrestrial Culture Day. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, there are... This is A lot of crazy. holidays that people have come up with. They've, there's because a holiday for everything. Every day is a day to celebrate, apparently. And you know what? So mm-hmm. if we missed any of your favorite days over the last 
two and a half months. I want to know if there's a day. Can I search? Oh, cool. I could search. I just want to know if there's a day to celebrate like people with the name Jason. I'm sure there is. And I'm sure there's a matcha day as well. Oh, that's a good call. Is there a matcha day? There's definitely a matcha day. I don't know what day it is, but there's, yeah. When is it? No. But uh, no, there's no nothing about matcha day. But there is a uh, but there is a national uh-huh. energy multiplier day. That's what happens when I search matcha, and I don't know what this means. This is a social holiday to celebrate the latest liquid IV multiplier called Energy Multiplier. I don't know what that is. There is, this is a, a national matcha day. This is a thing they just made up. What? There's a national matcha day website. that Jade Leaf Matcha has come up uh, with a national day. They've made one. It's marketing. And their national matcha day. Can you you want to guess before you if you type in the Google it'll tell you, but guess first. When do you th- when would you put National Matcha Day? Oh man. Um I pff, let's say April. Am I in the right month? No, you're not in the right month, but you're close. You're very close. It's you're in the right May? time of year, wrong month. May. Yes. Okay, so it's May. I'm gonna go with May sixth. Close. Very close to Cinco de Mayo. That'd be Cinco de Seis. No, wait. Cinco yeah. de Mayo. Uh, seis de Mayo. I don't know. Cinco de Cuatro. <laughs> Cinco de Cuatro. That's five of the, the four of the five. Um, yeah. It's May 2nd. Oh, okay. Cool. It is known as Got it. Haichuji Hachaya, translated sure. to the 88th night, which refers to the 88th date of the traditional Japanese calendar. So Jade Leaf Matcha, based in San Francisco, declared the first ever National Matcha Day in the United States. May 6th. Yeah, April 30th, 2021. This is last year. Yeah. So no, there you it's go. two years ago. Sorry, two years ago. Two, two years, years ago. ago, but get on the train. It's a national day. All right. I'm gonna I'll tell you what. Because to celebrate, I'm gonna drink matcha that day. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so be all right, so before now. before we get too far in rambling here, we should recap what what's what's been missed the last two months. Well, wait. So the reason why we didn't record is because I was in the US. Or don't because wait. Fine. Just keep going. I, I guess I can talk about this now because it's over. And there's nothing to spoil. What? Worked on Avatar. What are you talking about? And so Avatar's yeah, over. True. It's done. Mm-hmm. And it's out there and I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. It's relief that it's finally done after all these years. <laughs> so yeah. So after working on that and delivering that, went to the US for two months. And so me and Alice came over to the U.S., spent time in L.A., went to the premiere, which was interesting experience. Uh, then we went over to Arizona, spent some Christmas time in Arizona. And then we did some traveling through the through the beautiful the beautiful national parks of our great land in America. So going through Phoenix and didn't stop by the Grand Canyon this time, but did quite a bit of traveling through Arizona and Utah. And then we came over to San Diego, and that's where I want to pick this up, because this is the part that you were involved in, where you and Greg, shout out to Greg, who's a listener to this podcast, and has been on the podcast many times, joined us in San Diego, which was a lot of fun. Um, I I learned that Greg is kind of like a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. Always knew Greg was special. Didn't realize that he he he, he was a boss in the level that he was. Because without him, I would say we definitely would have not gone into as many awesome looking places as we did. <laughs> so shout out to Greg for uh, putting putting a little culture in our in our trip. 
of showing us what's what's happening in the in the the night scene of San Diego of taking us to all these different very awesome bars that uh that were making very interesting drinks that I found pretty cool especially after not living in an area like New York where you probably have more access to this so we did a lot of that um so yeah that's why we didn't record is because I was enjoying life and didn't have any recording equipment um but now we're back back in New Zealand there's a cyclone going on, so I don't have anywhere else to go. It's going to be great. And I'm not as busy as I used to be, which is which is even better. So hopefully there's a lot less tired-sounding podcast, and I can contribute a bit more. <laughs> That's my hope. It's very exciting. Very so yeah, exciting. I don't know if there's anything about San Diego that you wanted to. I'm trying to think of were there any stories from San Diego that are worth mentioning here. And I don't think so. I think the San Diego trip was great, really. Like, I think it was just, it was a good time to see to see you and Greg, um, which I've not seen Greg in a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. It was good stuff. Can you hear me? I can hear you. You're just, you're quiet. Okay. I thought you didn't have anything to say. I can hear you. So add, add, oh, is there cool, anything cool, you want to cool, add cool. here? Yeah. 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 Uh, no, it was, it was awesome. San Diego was great. Uh, really, really good time. Um, before San Diego, I was in Tucson, Arizona. I was camping. I was not really camping, I guess. If you're in an RV, it's not called camping, right? It's glamping, right? Isn't glamour camping, right? If you're I guess, RV? yeah, definitely a version of that. But I was in Tucson with my dad. And so I was there for a couple of nights or three nights. And then, yeah, then it was San Diego. But San Diego was great, to your point. A lot of good food, a lot of good, a lot of good booze. Um, almost didn't make it one night just because I was incredibly tired. We stayed at the pineapple. I got a lot of sugar cookies. From the pineapple. pineapple, shout out to the pineapple. That was a great stay that pineapple. Was a lot of fun. Shout out, shout out to stay pineapple. You guys those are great. Beds are, those bets are great. <laughs> oh my god! I looked up. I told you I looked up the whole bedding set. Like they sell everything. I'm pretty yeah. sure that that hotel exists as a showcase to sell all the shit in that room. It probably does. I, I you, yeah. you know, it's not a bad, but not a bad business strategy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but really, really good. Uh, and San Diego, first time being there in, for me, over 20 years. So first time being there as an adult. And, you know, just traveling as an adult in general is way better than traveling as a kid. Well, I know yeah. it's kind of a hot take, <laughs> but, you know, being in cities, like as a kid, it was always like, all oh, right, we're going to this place, going to this place, whatever. But as an adult, it's like you get excited to do all sorts of stuff because you can do everything. Yeah, you can do what um, you want and do what you don't want. Like it's yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. But we hit some uh, we hit some museums during the day, so we were very productive. Covered a lot of Had some culture. Yeah, somehow did not break one forty uh, on the trip back. Stepped on the scale, and I was like, "Ooh, this is gonna be trouble." Then I did it because I'm I'm not afraid of no ghost. I mean, those, on that I'm scale. surprised by that because when you ate those those apple cinnamon pancakes, <laughs> I, I didn't eat the whole thing. Would have just looking at it, I felt like didn't eat the whole thing. Would've... Nope. Yeah. Yep. It was uh it, it was definitely a test. <laughs> Look, man, we had to order something for Greg. All right. He was late. And, and the woman was very terrified that she was gonna lose her job because she sat in an incomplete table. Totally. Yeah. She was but yeah, it was, it was well, you awesome can sit here trip. until my boss comes back. And I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot that in the US there's this this general fear over 
bosses and employment. Like in New Zealand, some of them are like, I don't care, mate. Like whatever, they can fire me. I don't, whatever. I'll go to the <laughs> restaurant next door. Is that true? Zealand, she's like, she's like, I need this job, so you need to make sure that if my boss comes back and her and and, and her boss looked like what was it? The woman. There's a name for this woman. Al- Alice knew the name. Was it the? Oh, the I said it was. Uh, it, yeah, <laughs> I said the woman from uh, from uh, Matilda. And I, I think it's like the Grundle or the, or the the. There's a name for that woman. The woman has a name. Well, it was Miss Trunchbull. There we go. The the, the trunch or whatever. Trunchbull. Trunchbull. Yeah. yeah, it was her. And she looks. And you like, could tell every time she, she was just like, looking over. She's yeah. staring like, "What's going on over here?" Yeah, she was like, you "Why are there four seats and there's only two people? What is this?" Like no, they ordered they ordered a, the giant pancake. It's fine. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, no, no, no. They, they ordered, they ordered the giant cinnamon, yeah. the apple pancake thing. That thing was delicious, though. It was incredible. It was. It was um, very good. And yeah, and now uh, and now we're planning the next one. So we're we're planning to do some some more Asia travel. We've already yep. booked flights to and from in different uh, countries, which was a lot of fun. Figuring out drawing the connecting the dots in between is always a, a fun time, at least for me. And uh, yeah, I I'm gonna have a day without you. So don't worry, I won't get any like absurd over the top breakfasts without you. You really should, by the way. You should get all of the absurd breakfasts without me. I know. All and then, get, and then you'll be happy one. because I ate the, those pancakes, and I really thought, I really thought my heart was going to stop when we were walking around the, the uh, what was it, the the USS? No. Oh, the oh, you're talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't have to order those pancakes, by the way. It, it can't, but that's the problem in America. I'm like, I wanted some eggs, and they're like, Do you want pancakes with your eggs? You could. And said then no. I learned. I was like, Yeah, you can't. You can't do that anymore. That's enough. You could say no. I know. Um, but there again, is. It's been a long time. Yeah. No, I will. I'm gonna find. Uh, I'm gonna find some good stuff when I'm out there. I'm gonna go hard. But it was good stuff. It was a good time, and uh, I was glad we were able to make it work. And we got lucky because. It was they, uh, you know, California. Normally, those areas get. It's usually nice all the time. Yet we just came in uh, during, uh, you know, after and before. It was like pretty rainy weather in San Diego and cold weather too. Yeah. So we did pretty well there. In when I was in Tucson, where so my dad was there. They were RVing around. Um, and they went down to Tucson. It was their first time there. And the whole point was to get away from the cold because they live in Portland and it's rainy and cold most of the year, especially this time. And they go down to Tucson and it is cold, like really cold. And right before they got there, it was really rainy. <laughs> so, yeah. Not it's exactly like the most rain what I it think. said on the label. Yeah. 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 It's the most rain that they've had down there. Because again, it's Tucson's the middle of the desert. It's the middle of the Sonoran Desert. So like yeah. it's not so it's supposed to you know you get cold nights but it's supposed to be a desert right it's supposed to be kind of warm and you know pleasant during the winter but yeah when I was in when we were in Phoenix a lot more rain than than I think you had a bit of rain when you were with us in Phoenix in uh, 2019 there's a little bit it was like a day or two yeah but I guess this, it was like it was quite a bit of rain and you know that's probably good long term right for you know a lot of these states that have been in drought for the last five years but it also tells you that something's probably going on. <laughs> probably probably messed up the planet in some way shape or form yeah i wonder wonder no nah, that that couldn't possibly no absolutely no way no way yeah so um but yeah tucson fine saw a bunch of uh saw a bunch of big cacti um was enamored by the barrel cactus fruit 
which is an actual thing growing on barrel cacti. So I um, may or may not have sampled one in the national park, Segura National Park, I think it was, where I. Yeah, it's where it's where that specific yeah. cactus. Well, not the, the barrel cactus. They got they got these giant. Yeah, it's the it's the cacti. ones with the arms. The cactus. With yeah, the arms. and they all look like and from an angle, a lot of them look like they're flipping you off. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. True. But yeah, it's it's nice to be uh, to be out traveling again and planning some international travel. I got a, got a whole bunch of travel coming up because uh, obviously this just happened. Traveling again in March, going out west again to San Francisco. I think I'm going to be going to Nashville in May, and then I'll be traveling out to Asia in the the end of June. So it's great. The yeah, world so is seems open. Like, COVID's over. We did it. Yeah, it's done. Yeah. COVID's over as as Alice caught COVID the last week of our trip. It's done. Well, she shouldn't have done that. <laughs> That's her fault. Because I didn't, you know? Uh, I didn't either. So, I don't so, think she had enough of those pineapple cookies. Well, was that what it was? <laughs> Me and you ate enough pineapple cookies to build an immunity to COVID? <laughs> well, I brought six home with me. Wow. <laughs> they lasted have you eaten those six? 40, they lasted 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I man. did give one. I did give one to a neighbor. I did. Uh, I did share, and I was like, "Please take more." And she was like, "No, <laughs> I don't want to take. I don't want to take your cookies away." I was like, "Okay," <laughs> but I do because otherwise I'm going to eat them. And I did. You did, but look, it was. Mm-hmm. Was it worth it? Probably. They were great. Yeah. Well, I'm all out now, but yeah, they were really, really awesome. You know. So yeah, good times. Um. You know, before we get into some stories, some news and things like that, I just, I, I heard something today and I could not believe my ears. And then I Googled it and verified it. And sure enough, it's true. Do you know when the high five was invented? Ooh, I mean, I would assume wars invent things. So I'm going to say World War One. Mm-hmm. So like 19, what, 1912 to 1918, around there? Okay. Now, I'm going to read this note, this part from Wikipedia that says, the high five originated from the low five, which has oh. been a part of African-American culture since the 1920s. Okay. That's, of course, not the high five we're talking about. So no. now you know it is after the 1920s. When- just like everything else in black culture. Well, no, it's the high. It's the high five. We've well, this is my point. This. Like everything else, in like the word "bling," you get credit. You get credit. All of a sudden, low, became a word that five, every sixty-year-old white woman says. Like I've I've mm-hmm. noticed this, by the way. Don't don't think don't think we haven't paid attention that the like African American culture has become American culture over the last twenty years. Don't think we haven't noticed. Oh, just just don't. Was that, that movie the Bling Ring? Was there any black people in the Bling Ring, or is there a bunch not. of white people? No, it's Emma a bunch, Watson, yeah, this is, this is what happened. Katie this Chang. Is, Israel I, Broussard, that's a white guy. I, I, no I black people paint, in the bling ring. Yeah. I I, I hate <laughs> to paint a crime with such a movie? Yeah, I hate to I hate to paint with such a broad brush, but come on, that's kind of what that's kind of what y'all do. That's kind of what it is. You find, I mean, look, I would say there's probably a Japanese person right now nodding their head vigorously of how white people have somehow taken over Japanese animation culture. <laughs> like you've just kind of owned mm. it. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a minute. What about all the Japanese people that have been doing this for like the last like 40 years, 50 years? 
It's it's kind of what you do. But you also okay, make it profitable. I didn't, I didn't, and, then, and then you can get, you know, Jay-Z can talk about, you know, closing the Louvre. <laughs> because, you know, you profited you profited off of y'all stealing the culture. It's fine. Anyway, man, I didn't continue. I didn't I didn't open up this question to start a culture war. All right. I'm not here to I'm talking I'm trying to no, talk it about just, some great just I'm just here to try to talk about great, great of, America great, great white people inventions. <laughs> I'm not you trying to, we stole, didn't take anything. I'm just gonna say took, we didn't take you, it. You took rock and we, roll and the low five. You took it all. And then you and then Elvis came to Elvis invent the high five. There you go. That's who invented it. Elvis. He invented no. rock and roll and the high five in the fifties. You know, I actually didn't even look at the race of these guys. <laughs> ha! You know what? Guess what? What? Two black dudes invented the high five. Yeah, they did. <laughs> but again. Just trying to get a year from you. When do you think it happened? <laughs> the 60s, then, is going to be my guess. There are many origin, reading from Wikipedia, <laughs> the many origin stories of the high five, but the two most documented candidates are Dusty Baker and Glenn Burke. Two oh, black baseball guys, player. Of the Dusty LA Baker, Dodgers. Baseball player. There you professional go. Yeah. baseball team on October 2nd, 1977. Ah, oh, the 70s. And and Willie Brown and Derek Smith of the Louis of the Louisville Cardinals men's college basketball team. Okay, yeah. 1978-1979 season. All right. So there you go. You happy now? You want to take Man, back really any of that slander? I'll tell you what, black against, people invented against- <laughs> almost everything. We invented everything. If you look through history, there's always a black person there being like, Yeah, I kind of did that. Like light bulb, that was kind of me. Like mm-hmm. Ben Franklin kind of stole. Like, it's kind of my idea. Peanut butter? Well, you know who invented peanut butter? Black man. Some black guy? Black George guy, Washington yeah, Carver. Him. Invented peanut butter. You ground those really? peanuts up and spread it on stuff. George Washington Carver. He was a invented scientist. Yeah, he invented peanut okay. butter. I'm telling you, well, happy him. Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> black people invented peanut butter. That's my take of Black History Month. You're welcome. Okay. Well, I'm I'm too dumb to refute any of those facts. It's I mean that all sounds right to me. I mean again, right. the George Washington Carver thing's 100. percent I'm not making that up. He he invented peanut butter. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. All right, I love peanut butter. Thank you, George Washington Carver. We appreciate yeah, your you service. Go. See, I can. I, I that's fine. That's good. That's great. I'm happy. Thank you yeah, for inventing like the turntable. Thank, thank you. Black people, great. Thank you. But yeah, but because of that, we have like DJs now. It's black people. Grandmaster mm-hmm. Flash, you're welcome. You know who created the okay. Super Soaker? Black guy? Black man. I'm not okay. making that up. I think he created the Super I Soaker. I believe it. And All right. Nerf I thought guns. you were going to tell me a story. I thought you were going to tell me a story. Like, well, give I can't. Me, Hold give on. Let me, find it. Let, me, let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. <laughs> I, I just found it. Again, I, I just, I know, I'm just sitting here and be like, yeah, black people invented everything. Here we go. Lonnie Johnson. He created the Super Soaker. I think he was a NASA engineer, if I remember correctly. I just Googled, what did white people invent? <laughs> Colonization. I, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this is so crazy. So this is fucking crazy. I, I just, this is nuts. <laughs> One, that's hilarious. But uh, black people might have invented that too. Who knows? No, I mean, we might have. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what happened in Africa back in the day. Who knows? We don't. So anyway. I searched in Google, what did white people invent? And the first result, the black innovators who elevated the United <laughs> States. <laughs> this is 
why it's why it's a crime that Black History is Black History Month is twenty eight days. It's ridiculous. Like again, it's 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 really odd. Like if you go through inventions, there's a lot of stuff that Black people invented. This is so funny. Every every result is all about like (laughs) fake. Like all about like taking down white people. I guess. What do they think I'm asking? The invention of whiteness, the long history of a dangerous idea, how white people were invented by a player. It's like they're trying Man, to- it's tough being white, DJ. It's like, it really is. It's like they're it's, trying to turn the- It's like I'm Ben Shapiro and I've Googled this and they're like, no, here's what you need to know, Ben. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just- <laughs> well, I'm working under the assumption that black people have invented everything. I'm assuming that position. No, no, no. But there's so now I need to haven't. know like <laughs> there's gotta be like I wanna just know four things that white people the four things that white people invented, if anything. Like, oh no, wait, a white dude made cornflakes. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Well he made cornflakes for from a for to stop kids from touching themselves, I believe. Yes, that's exactly right. Okay. He made a bland cereal so they would stop. So there you and go. And he also we made that. graham crackers as well, right? Because I think graham crackers are the same thing. It was like, hey, if you feel, if you have any natural urges, eat a graham cracker. That's going to solve it. Well, you love Cheez-Its. Who made Cheez-Its? Who oh, Cheez-Its invented oh. Cheez-Its? Yeah, let's see. Uh, the Green and Green Company doesn't give credit yeah, to White people invented colonization, <laughs> capitalism, <laughs> and, and mass extinction events. You guys own those three. Cool. Well, I mean, <laughs> can't say we don't leave a leave an impression. You do. You come in and you you know, you come in and you leave a hell of an impression. <laughs> ask ask everywhere in history, everywhere. You know what? In the by last the, in the last three hundred years, by the fact that they don't give a named credit to who made the cheese, it I'll just assume a black guy invented that too. At this point, you should go forward assuming if there's no name credit to it, it's probably a black man or a black woman, right? I watch Hidden Figures. Yeah, black women were using computers I, before white people were. So when you talk about programming it. and coding, it's all these tech bros with their beards. Think black women. Black women are the ones using the computers. Got you where you are today. Yeah. All your favorite dishes in America? Invented by black people. Who do you think invented the biscuit? <laughs> Colonel Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, hold on now. Who do you think invented cake? You think you think you think there was some white colonel making fried chicken in Kentucky? Get out of here. Get out of here. If there's a, a bat I'm sure of, Colonel Sanders is not responsible for fried chicken in Kentucky. I'll tell you that right now. William so, yeah. W. Wolf. Who the hell is this? Is it this guy? I'm still trying to find the history of the cheese. God damn it, Google. I don't like this new crumb. <laughs> it's giving me search results in cheese it. Wow, you know who created the- Coca-Cola? Black people. <laughs> is it true? The base ingredient of Coca-Cola is the cola nut that's indigenous to Africa. Well, you can't you can't you can't credit. Hold on, a hold recipe. on. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm okay. not done. All right. I'm Since sorry. Since the 17th century, when Africans were forced into slavery in the New World, they and their descendants had the pro- profound impact on Americans grow and eat. Watermelon, okra, yams, black eyed peas, some peppers are all indigenous to Africa. Cool. So you're welcome. So Thank you. when Africans were put on drink? slave ships, the reality of trying to keep your cargo alive, making money off them, meant that you found what group people ate, and that you're sure that they were fed and given what they first arrived to Americas. 
So these plants found their way into gardens of those enslaved, some of the wealthiest and prominent people in the country. And so mm-hmm. without black people, you don't have gumbo, you don't have jambalaya. You have any of the delicious things that you, when you go to New Orleans, and that's old, that's French Creole, well, no, it's black black people who were enslaved in Louisiana made this food. And it was poor people food until all of a sudden y'all started putting gentrified restaurants around chicken and waffles. So do not tell me Colonel Sanders invented fried chicken with his 11 herbs and spices. His 11 herbs and spices, 10 of those herbs and spices were black. (laughs) Cornelius Stout, who the hell is this? Hang on. I'm looking up who made the waffle. Cornelius Swart, 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 Woot, Swart. I should see Jesus who invented Christ. pancakes because it's definitely probably a black person. <laughs> that's a good question. Who invented? That's more. That's more important. We'll stop there. Who invented the pancake? Okay. Uh, the first recorded mention of pancakes was 600 BC from a poet in ancient Greece. He was the one black man in ancient Greece. No, just kidding. That's not how this goes. <laughs> Oh, if it was in Greece, I think we could assume it was made by some beautiful town. I don't know. Greece is awfully people. close to Africa. I've seen the hair of those Greek statues. Heavy curls there. Yeah, fair enough. But that's a yeah. It's like the Mediterranean life. Oh, see, there's yeah. there's there's pancakes in the Horn of Africa. I'm reading Wikipedia. Okay, these are like the savory pancakes, but hmm. I don't know. We'll look, we'll I don't think uh, Sage Creek made pancakes. Just, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't give a person. Throughout this month, when you think group. of an invention, you go, man, I wonder who invented that. Start with thinking it was probably some black guy or some black woman, and then do the research. And if it's wrong, then you might be wrong. But from now on, if you're listening to this podcast, you need to start with the assumption that black people invented everything, because you'll most likely be right. Yeah, so when you're enjoying something, be sure to take a look around. Do a full scan. Find the closest black person and say thank you. And say, I appreciate you, <laughs> brother. Thank you I for appreciate these pancakes. You. Thank you. <laughs> Thank I know you, you invented this. these pancakes today. Yeah. So. All right. Anyways, yeah. So we, got a couple, we, we got some stuff to talk about. As as usual, you will determine the order based on some vague um, descriptions here. So, all right. I got, I got a story about fashion. I got a story about McDonald's. And I want you to tell me about some balloons. Well, let's start, start with the balloons because I don't exactly know what to tell you other than I watched this live when I was in the yeah, US. Yeah, so you – okay. I need to set the stage a little bit here. Well, you want to start with the balloons and then go to which ones. Okay. I'll, so I'll say starting, after, Okay, go ahead. So what? It was maybe what? I would say now I've, I, when you travel, you lose track of time. So was this last yeah. week? Yeah, this had to be last week like Saturday, like a week ago, right? No, it, like, was, it was like I think two, I think it started like midweek – Last week, so like I'm saying, last week as in like the 31st of July. Yes, it was around then. Right. And keep in mind, you've been kind of checked out from the news for a while. I have. Like we haven't talked about our, you know, our our love affair with CNN kind of died the moment that uh, Chris Cuomo left and the bromance. And they put Don, and Don Lemon on the Lemon morning show, and, which I was like, what yeah, he's in the morning. I was like, what is this? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. So that's why. So then you just start constantly messaging me about this balloon. And it was I was like, it would, very it would surprised. pop up, and they were like, <laughs> and it was like, there's an unidentified balloon <laughs> over Alaska. 
And like oh, they're like, like tracking this thing. They're like, okay, we'll we'll keep you updated on the story. And then they're like, now this balloon is like over Montana. You know, like a balloon. Like, what do they mean by balloon? And they show you images of this thing. And what I, I had in my head, because when we were in San Diego, San Diego is a big military town. And we were to me and you had a had a very had a very five interesting five minute discussion about zeppelins. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so when I think of balloon in the sky that travels far distance, I think of a zeppelin. And I was like, all right, why is there a balloon? Like, what is this balloon? Everyone, and you know, of course, you go on the internet, people start going, the world's going to come to an end. There's a there's a Chinese balloon that is there's an unidentified flying object over Montana. And so CNN yep. is like, well, this balloon apparently is from China, right? So when we ask China about this, they go, oh, that's a weather balloon. They just got away. And we're like, wait a minute, that's not how this works. And then they're like, it's a spy balloon. It's like, oh, wait. So why is China spying on us with balloons? And it starts to throw up all these questions. So that happened like on Tuesday or Wednesday, and you just kind of forget about it. You're like, whatever. There's a balloon flying over the U.S. and you make jokes about it. There's a balloon. And so it was Saturday morning. I turn on the news, and it's like breaking news. You know, Joe Biden orders the destruction of this balloon. You're like, what? Because they're like, yeah, Joe Biden's been deciding what to do about this balloon, and he's like. Don't you worry about the balloon. The media is asking him, of like, hey, what are you going to do with this balloon? And his answer was like, don't you worry about this balloon. We're going to take care of it. <laughs> That's yeah. what he said. I, look, I, where, I don't care where you lean politically. Joe Biden's kind of crazy, right? Like, he's kind of a crazy old man. Like, he's always I, like, been Trump, crazy. like, Trump was, like, legitimately, why, uh, like, scary crazy. And I would say that some would argue Joe Biden is scary crazy. But to me, well, he's, he's not just scary. Like, he's not. He's just an eighty-year-old who's just yeah. like saying eighty-year-old things. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock your lights out, Sonny. Like you could see him saying that <laughs> to another human being. Yeah. Well, he's uh, he's that he's that Scranton Joe, right? Like he's gonna say it's funny because everybody would talk about Trump as oh he says what he means, right? He means what he says. That's what he means. Like Joe Biden actually does. Yeah, and he does little... have that kind of blue-collar background, and he's always been like that. He's always been like, he, he was always a gaff machine. He was, you know, he, that's, I like Joe Biden. I still do, like, but I still, the, you know, I, I mean, still think, I still think that you could be out for an evening dinner uh-huh. and you could accidentally like, like open your car in a parking lot and accidentally like ding the door of another car. And it would be Joe Biden who gets out and threatens you. <laughs> well, he said and you're to, like uh, this guy is so old and it's like i didn't even touch his car like what is he doing and he would be talking about malarkey and punching lights out and you know like old sayings from like the 40s is what he would tell you and every time i listen to him talk i'm like i cannot believe this guy is our president like I don't want to act like I'm not ha- like Trump being president again was getting real scary. And look, I, I don't I don't really like whatever policies and stuff. He was just a crazy person to listen to. And Joe Biden well, is just in- like he's an old man who fights who fights with like his duke. He's going to tell you to put your dukes up like that's who he is. He's going to fight like those bare knuckle boxers fight <laughs> like he's going to put his hands up in that way and then start throwing weird uppercuts like that's just who he is. And so, well, anyway, so the point of this hang is on, that, hang on, hang on, yeah. hang on, wait, 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 yeah. wait, because I just want to say on that point, in 2018, Joe Biden said this about Trump. They asked me what I like to debate this gentleman. And I said, no, I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. <laughs> that's who he is. And like, that's, and it's like, it's like an evil villain from Greece is who <laughs> Joe Biden is. Well, all right. 
He is. Fair enough. So anyway, the the whole point of this was like he basically came out and like threatened the balloon and was like, don't don't you worry about the don't you worry about the balloon, sweetie. We're gonna take care of this. It's basically what he told her. <laughs> without calling her sweetie, but he might as well have, right? You'd be like, Yeah, that's Joe. Don't you worry, honey. Don't you worry, sweet cakes. We're gonna shoot down this balloon. <laughs> so it's a Saturday at like it's like noon LA time. And they're like, Oh, they just closed a bunch of airports in North Carolina, like Myrtle Beach and like a couple of other like coastal Carolina airports. And then I think it was it was Frederica, I forget her last name. Frederica Whitfield? Yes. Mm-hmm. Who was like, okay, so apparently, you know, we're going to go get this balloon. And then she's like, oh, so we got this guy on the phone. And I was like, oh, no. Like, you know, you think of like Howard Stern <laughs> 20 years ago, like making prank calls of stuff when there's like breaking news. And mm-hmm. it was like, this is a witness that <clears throat> says he saw the balloon be shot down. Right. Yes. We're going to go to live. You know, live. It's always tricky when it's live. She's like warning us ahead of time that this guy might get on here and be like, you know, let's go Brandon MAGA 2024, whatever, right? Like, you just never know when you're co- it's like, this is live. They had to get to the story first. Didn't have to be right, but they had to be first. And so this guy gets mm-hmm. on the phone and he's got a real kind of North Carolina Southern draw. And he goes, you know, I was, I was outside taking photos. A lot of people outside taking photos of this balloon. And. You know, I tried to get to the roof of my hotel and I got a camera. And she's like, well, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. What type of camera do you have? And like he starts like she starts asking him all these specifics, like trying to figure out this guy is like, I can tell what she was doing. And he's like, Yeah, so I got the balloon. Oh, that that gummit, I missed it. I missed the balloon. And so he starts going through this story, and it's like it's live of him like going through his camera. It's like, well, I got a buddy down there and so and so, and he's got footage of the balloon if you want it. It was like a really odd, and I was sitting there watching this text, you know, I was like, we shot down this balloon, and, there, and then she's like, oh, oh, we, we see the smoke from the balloon, so then the balloon is like crashing into the water, like you can see the smoke from it, and it's like, they start talking about like, this is the first F-22 kill, like ever, apparently F-22s don't shoot anything, like we built these planes, and they've just been like circling around looking for stuff to shoot, and they finally yeah. found something, so... Anyway, that's my story of the balloon of like, and then there was another balloon in Latin America that I've not heard about. I guess that balloon is just spying all over Brazil. Like, I, oh, I have yeah. to expect, well, I have to expect to see one of like the like China's going to see a video of some dude in the middle of the Amazon. Like the, I remember, do you remember those helicopter photos when they were like, "This is a tribe in the Amazon that's never had human, you know, modern human contact," and it's like a guy who's just butt naked with a with like a bow and arrow pointed at the helicopter because he doesn't know what it is right he's never seen a helicopter before it's like him seeing a ufo it's like this guy being like honey i can't believe there's a flying object over our hut get me the bow and arrow i'm gonna shoot it down (laughs) so i half expect it there would be a balloon somewhere in latin america where china's like that guy's got an object in his hand and he's gonna fire at the balloon but anyways i don't know where that balloon is but this is where i left the balloon story i've not heard anything about it since so I'm gonna pass this over to you. That's that's what I know about the balloon that China is flying surveillance balloons over our country, and Joe Biden is saying, "Honey, don't you worry about those balloons anymore. We're gonna take care of it." And he took care of that one, and apparently, there's more. Um, yeah. So the latest with the balloon thing is that today, I guess at some point, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, oh, uh, oh blackface has- Trudeau. 
Yeah, sure. So yeah. he, um, <laughs> who invented blackface? Oh, I is a black person probably, <laughs> right? It was the old minstrel shows who used to put on blackface and the red lips, and then white people took that too. Yeah, I think for a very different reason. So anyway, <laughs> um, we, so yeah, we we shot down another balloon today or yesterday or something because there was another one floating around in in uh, Canada somewhere. And he's like, "Hey, hey, Joe, Bubby, can you uh, can you shoot Bubby. down this balloon? You're you're pretty good at it now." And he's like, "Yeah, sure. Why the hell not? Now we're good at shooting balloons out of the sky." So, so yeah, um, China's apparently not too happy about the fact that we keep shooting down their balloons. But like, guys, like use satellites. Then, like, that's the funny thing about this is these they keep talking about this stuff. Like, yeah, they use these balloons because it's closer, better pictures, that kind of stuff. But you know, the assumption is that everybody's spying on everybody with satellites. Yeah. Not shooting those down. So it's, it's just more weird than anything else. Well, I look at I the articles know. and yeah, have you ahead. heard about like, apparently Trump knew or like these no. balloons have been around for a long time. Is that true? Okay. So what happened was first an article came out being like, oh yeah, Trump knew about these balloons and they didn't say anything. And then what actually happened apparently was that they did that the intelligence was tracking the balloons, but Trump didn't know about it. And they didn't realize that the balloons were there until like recently. So it was after he was out of office that the, okay, that it actually became known. So no, this is so it's not one Trump's point, fault, right? This As, is one time that I'll say, yeah, they tried to blame seemingly him. not, not Trump's fault. <laughs> I don't think the balloons are Trump's fault. Might be, might be like, sure. Fly balloons. See what I care. Uh, whatever. I mean, and China was just like, oh, this one got away from us. <laughs> there, which, which, yeah. is, which is my favorite excuse to be like, oh, no, it's just a weather balloon. Sorry, guys. It just floated a little too far. That was we it. don't have control of balloons, really. Like, that's the other thing, right? Like, I, guess I don't you know if they don't have control. Way, that, that's but... what I don't. I, I left the story then of like, what is right? That's why they shot it down. And they shot it down over water because they didn't want to shoot this down over Montana. And some guy mm-hmm. has this in his farm and he's like, what in the same hail just came out of the sky? Honey, come out here. And then he, she's got a, he's got a bunch of like surveillance tech that he's not even aware of that's gonna like take over his cow farm or something. But again, yeah. I, I don't know what's in the balloon. Like, was it self aware? Was it able? Nobody to- knows. Right. I don't think anybody knows at this point. It's just an. It's just a mystery. I was hearing something earlier today that they're now going to go get all the pieces that they blew out of the sky, basically reverse engineer it, see what it is, and then and send it back. There. And I doubt. And I doubt <laughs> we'll ever hear about it. No. Well, they should send it back as like a different balloon being like, we're sending your balloon back in a body bag. And it's like, it's a, it's a balloon that carries back another balloon. It's like one of these, like, keep bringing them and we'll keep sending them. We'll keep sending them back in body bags with like our own balloon force. And that would be amazing if World War Three started over balloons. Just putting it well, out there. That's what, that's what everybody's talking about. It, this could just be another inflection point. It's either the balloons or it's the, or it's the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It's one of those things is going to start World War III. I don't think it's going to be the balloons. So, yeah, I don't really have too much to say on this, ultimately. I was I just knew you had this brief moment. I, I was more fascinated by your interest in it, and like, <laughs> you rarely message me about this kind of stuff, so the fact that you kept like live messaging me as the story was developing, and I was just like, who gives a shit about this balloon? <laughs> Well, that and they kept saying like, oh, NORAD is tracking this balloon. And my immediately thought is the people who track Santa, 
that's, <laughs> yeah, an actual, that's... that's an actual agency like they actually do real work other than like every christmas be like hey we know where santa's gonna be and it's like here's where he is now based on the time of day and you know where it is christmas so i didn't realize that norad actually did real stuff i thought they just tracked santa so maybe there's a specific altitude where it just hits their radar they're like, huh, usually there's no traffic in this specific yeah, flight. Right. Plan it was like 40,000 this- <laughs> feet. And most commercial <laughs> yeah. airlines are like 20,000 feet. And most like satellites are much higher than that. Like they're out of the atmosphere. So this, this was, this was like in a gray zone. And so that's yeah. why, like, at one point they were like, hey, so who's going to shoot this balloon down? And the Army and the Air Force was kind of like, not really our gig, man. If it's under 20,000, that's us. And then the yep. joke that I saw was, well, where the hell's the Space Force? Yep. Shouldn't this be well, their jurisdiction? Like, what else are they doing? They should go shoot maybe down they go, balloons. Well, Space Force goes higher than that, I guess. Like, wait, so what altitude was does Santa fly at? Santa, I'm assuming, flies at 40,000, right? Like, well, during nor- Christmas time, I guess. there's no balloons. But this time, they were like, hey, so uh, we knew Santa wasn't flying, but we keep this thing up just in case, and we saw these balloons. And so NORAD was tracking these balloons, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's got to be... And again, I'm sure that the guy who was flying this F-22, right? Like, if you've been if you've been an F-22 pilot, and you've, like, done nothing, you've just done, like, Top Gun training courses for, like, your entire career, and Joe Biden calls you and he goes, you go get that son of a bitch. Right, like you gotta imagine that this is gonna be like this whole. It's Top Gun, right? You go out there with the with the fighter helmet. You're in the F twenty two. The G forces suck you back in the seat. You're flying in there. And you're like, I'm gonna kill this balloon. <laughs> <laughs> it's so lame. It's the lamest thing. It's so lame. You know it. Everybody knows it. It's it's hilarious. Like. That's why was, it's like you have this why awesome was moment this? where you're like where you're like I've been training my whole life, right? I've since I was a kid, I've dreamed about being a fighter pilot. And they're going to send me up in a billion Ugh. dollar machine to go to go fight enemies of war. And you're yeah. like, "What are we shooting down?" And they're like, "It's a balloon." <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, "I'm God I'm damn. sorry, control. Can you say that again?" And they're like, "A balloon." It's a balloon, whatever, whatever your call sign is. And he's like, all right, I guess I'm going to go shoot at a balloon. And that's what he did. And now apparently, right, it's the second thing, right? They sent another F-22. So it's probably the same guy, but I can't believe that my military career of learning to fly one of the modern marvels of military (laughs) might to shoot down balloons. Yeah. If this this whole thing wasn't like... A massive exposure of our overinflated military budget. Where it's like, yeah, we have all these planes that we put millions and tens of millions of dollars per plane. And there has been one actual confirmed kill, and it's a fucking balloon. Yeah. Like, what so are we doing? F-22's, what are we doing? F-22's price is between 206 216 million for one jet. Oh, Jesus. That's one. Ah! <clears throat> so how many Doesn't F-20- that like <laughs> doesn't that infuriate you? Like <laughs> why? <laughs> what what are we doing? 
And we've got 195 of these F-22s that we've built since 2011 that have just been like sitting in the garage. They've just been chilling. Just chilling. And let's not even talk about the F-35, right? I think the F-35 is another one of these things that we built. And it's like, why do we have all these? And there's like a thousand of these F-35s. And it's like, these things never see combat anymore because we just fight with drones. But like this is what this is what we have. So it's like we're just gonna go send. I think we sent like a lot of our F-22s to other countries. But yeah, this guy who's just like I'm just an F-22 pilot. I shot down two balloons. That's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah I that's just, what. Oh my god. That's what made me fascinated by it. That's what fascinated me about the story. So yeah, and yeah. They're, they're well, gonna reverse engineer ugh. this and send it back. And they're gonna send it back mangled. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Or we send it back fully reconstructed. It's like, haha, we know what you did now. And we do like some dope graffiti. Yeah, and now it's spying on you. <laughs> we do it like one of the um like one of the balloons down in uh Brazil, like the Brazilian balloon culture. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that that, cool. that balloon becomes like a deity. <laughs> like they pray the balloon. It's like it it takes over the poor guy in the Amazon. He's like, This is now our this is now our savior. We found this balloon or it landed in a tree. Or and they 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 send it back with Joe Biden's face on it. <laughs> it just kind of flies with, with over. the aviator glasses, right? It's got to be his face. Well, yeah, with the aviator of course, <laughs> absolutely. I yeah, for sure. <sighs> well, look, I got I got two two more stories. Like I said, I got one about fashion and one about McDonald's. Which one do you want first? Ooh, let's save McDonald's for last. Let's do fashion first. Okay, this is this is nuts. All right. Reading from the New York Post. Both these are from the New York Post. Thank you, New York Post, as always, for your brevity. Although this one goes a little long, I'm going to start reading it, and then I'm going to send you this because it's very visual, but you'll get it when I read this. Okay. Here we go. This was uh, this was released today, only like a few hours ago before reading this. Weird, animalistic, Kalina Strata fashion show ripped biggest nightmare. Talk about a catwalk. That's the type of quality writing I'm looking for from the wow. New York Post. New York Fashion Week kicked off Friday with a bang, or rather, a bark. Audiences are howling over the Kalina Strata Fall 2023 show, which amused and startled viewers as the designer fashion models and animal prosthetics to match the ethereal ensembles. The collection, entitled Please Don't Eat My Friends, represents <laughs> the latest designs from the eco-friendly fashion house. It also It's also dividing the internet, with some keyboard critics calling it weird and a nightmare. Instead of strutting down the runway, anamorphic models crawled, pranced, and skipped past rows of baffled onlookers. From reptilian to downright foul, the models flaunted elongated earpieces, teal beaks, reptilian masks and pig snouts some purring or barking as they moved now now that you kind of have a general idea of what mm-hmm. we're talking about now i will right, send yeah. you send these me the images pictures and you can see what we're talking about and i would like your reactions please oh wow that first see. picture is terrifying <laughs> holy crap that it gets worse it gets worse <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> oh wow is that a dog so, uh, I think the second that, picture. Yeah, I think that's a dog I, or a mouse or like a rat. Yeah. Maybe like a, oh, no, God, he's got like these long faces. Terrifying. Yeah, I think the rat. So that second one probably is a rat because what we're looking at here is a woman wearing like that, I don't that, know, that's like a some dog. sort of that's got a dog snout. But the, dog with snout. the whiskers, the very long whiskers. Maybe it's a cat. Yeah. 
Anyway, the wild look transformed Soho's THC NYC, an immersive cannabis experience, into a curated <laughs> animal kingdom. Oh, that explains. Yeah, <laughs> some models, some oh. models even carried props that corresponded to their couture, couture, couture. Right? Yeah, with one lugging a barrel of hay and another cradling creative director Hillary Tamor's pet Pomeranian Powie. That's a good name. I like I like Powie as the name of a Pomeranian. One model appeared to don a full head prosthetic that looked reptilian, along with white sneakers with webbed feet painted on them. A plaid green trench coat and layered moss-colored pieces completed the outfit. Another flashed a pink mouse-like snout and clutched a pink and green tote, which matched the color scheme of their mesh frock and rosy hair. I think that's one we were just looking at before. The show also featured transgender model Aaron Rose Phillip, who has cerebral palsy. She, wait a minute, she? Isn't it? Anyway. Transgender she, I'm woman. I'm just going to read the article. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, oh, it doesn't say... Man or woman, it just says. Anyway, I'm just going to read it here. She became the first black trans model with a disability to be signed by a major modeling agency, Elite Model Management, at the start of her career. Well, good for her. In a 2021 interview with Vogue, the 21-year-old model who used a wheelchair on the catwalk at the Kalina Strata show says her runway debut with Machino for the spring 2022 collection was her greatest career achievement at the time. Is that what we're looking at here? Uh, nope. Yeah, that's the last that's- image. No, that's somebody else. Okay. Yeah. Huh. This is uh this is this is highly not all that stuff. Hey, that's good. That's good for Aaron Rose Phillip. Like Absolutely. good for you. Yeah. And and look, quite all, frankly, all about the diversity. Like, I mean, what do you think if you're a model for this? Are you excited for this? Like, I guess it depends on I, what type of model know. you are, right? Like, I don't see Giselle Bunchen doing this. I don't see I'm trying to think of <laughs> no. another name. That's the model I know because of sports. Uh Bar Raffaele, is that a model? Who is right. the big model? Who's, who's the one, uh, is a model. She's a model as well. I think she's an old model, though. No, she's my age. She's not that old. Was it, wasn't Heidi Klum a model? Wasn't, yes, was Heidi Klum also a model. So like, if you're one of those, if you're a supermodel, right? There's a difference between a model sure. and a supermodel, right? Supermodels are like the final form of a model. Like Giselle Bunchett is not showing up putting on dog face. Like, it's just not going to no. happen. No. The, re- the reptilian ones are the ones I think worry me the most. Because they're terrifying. They're absolutely terrifying. I mean, I think they're all terrifying. But this <laughs> the reptilian one. See, the reptilian one's interesting because it completely you then it doesn't matter. You're like, I will do this if I can wear this mask in yes. particular, because then no one will know it's me. Yes. I mean, look, if you're a model like again, if you were a model, would you be excited for this? Would you be creeped out by this? You think it kind of depends on your I think it depends on your status, right? Because you know people are gonna talk about this. You know this is gonna be awkward. So like why would you not be like like this Kalina person in their Instagram? It said dream day under this photo. Do you think that's like legitimately like, oh, wait, no, that's the director. Sorry. I'm trying to think of the model. Was the model like, this is my big break? Or were they were like, man, I really got to get out of this. I got to stop doing this. <laughs> oh, God. These images on Instagram are terrifying. Yeah. Oh, my it's God. Really, it's really spooky. Oh, I see the one with the... Uh... With that, with the trans model. Yeah. Yeah. So look, I just um, think, I think if you're a model, yeah. it's like, this might be your big break, but also if you're any, if you're a model that's like, I really want to do this, are you like, I'm not doing this? <laughs> it's too much. Yeah. They, I don't, yeah. 
I don't know who this is for. That, they, that's the better question, art. right? Who is this for? Art. Is it art? It's an art thing. It's art. Got it. It's art. It's an art thing. It's an art thing. You know but why? I, because a lot of art is just make it weird and provocative and get people talking about it. Well, and it's just mission, like... Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished, right? Art, right? How does it make you feel, right? Art is not about it making you... It's not about a, a wrong or right. It's about the feeling of it. What did you feel when you looked at this? And the grotesqueness could be part of the art. Other people might it's find true. it beautiful. It's art. It's true. That's all I got is art. I mean, and so say what you will, but it worked, right? We talked about it. And it's terrifying to me. Like, I, I don't <laughs> I don't want this in my fashion. Like, I, I, I look at fashion shows to look at beautiful people wearing weird stuff. And I think if you had the animal print and stuff on, like, the, the clothing and stuff, I'm fine. It's the faces. That's odd. Like, the clothing well, is I mean, these thing. are, <clears throat> it, it's still beautiful people wearing, but it, it's like, yeah, I, you know, I but starve yeah, myself. I people, go through right? all these, yes. I, I have an eating disorder so I could wear a dog mask? No. Yeah, I have this, I because I, I want to be a clothes hanger for crazy looking clothes. Yeah. Not so I can dress up like an elf. Yeah. I would look this up. I would, if you're listening, look up these pictures, see what we're talking about. A little terrifying, but it's art, is... though, right? So, like, how does it make you feel? Well, sure. I, yeah. You know, there's no right or wrong. How does it make you feel? I'm concerned. I'm concerned for these uh, for these models and uh, the PTSD that will result from the people who were looking on at this event. But you know what? That's how it goes. I would actually like to have been there just to hear what everybody else. Because all the, there's always comes that point of art or certain art pieces, I guess. Not everything, because some art. Is you know I get some I don't, but when you yep. get that to that art where you you're like, there's always that art where I think, does anybody get this? Yeah, this is one of those things where I'd like to be in the room just to hear that one guy who's like, oh my god, it's so whatever, and then I would talk to that guy and say, hey man, like what, how does this make you feel? Yeah, and then just kind of get that explanation. You know, I need to see the the positive. I need to see the the positive uh, the positive feedback, why it communicates. But you know why it communicates people, why it touches people. You know, but I, and I assume it's kind of the same way that you know Sonic the Hedgehog can be, like touch it. <laughs> it resonates with people more so than than other things. I don't know. It's probably the same thing. Yeah, I mean, again, a lot of furry jokes, a lot of right. Like, and again, and it's it's art. So like, it's mm -hmm. it's hard to feel one way or the other. I feel like I don't want to see it ever again. And that, that's some art is supposed to do that. So I would say mission accomplished. The fashion show was a success. Great. So let's move on. All right. Here we go. McDonald's to remove tasteless McCrispy ad across from crematorium. I don't think you actually have to say much more than that. I'm going to send you this that's, picture so you can see funny. in context what it looks like. <laughs> Uh, it's, but that's pretty much, and then here we go. New York times again, killing it. It didn't <laughs> register an advertisement for McDonald's crispy Mc, McDonald's McCrispy chicken sandwich placed across the street from a British crematorium is reportedly being removed after being dubbed tasteless. The coincidental placement of the bus stop poster made for some dark humor, but Cornwall England residents aren't loving the advertisement of opposite <laughs> the, the Penn Mount crematorium. Quote, 
Although I can see the funny side, it is tasteless. And I am sure some grieving family members won't like to see it when visiting <laughs> Penmount for the future, for the funeral and cremation of a loved one. And quote, one unnamed woman who claims her mother-in-law was cremated at the establishment last year, told local outlet Cornwall Live in a story posted Friday. Quote, I think how funny it will, it will probably depend. I think how funny it is will probably depend on how long ago you followed the crematorium sign wearing a black tie, end quote. Someone else quipped. McDonald's didn't seem to appreciate the McNuggets of wisdom from the residents. God damn it, New York Post. Quote, <laughs> we were unaware of the road sign in the vicinity of this bus stop, a spokesperson told Cornwall Live. Quote, however, in light of the concerns raised by Cornwall Live, we have asked for our advertisement to be removed, end quote. The outlet did not report precisely when the advertisement was installed or if it has been removed. And uh, yeah, I don't think there's really much more to say about this. What do you think about this? I'm sorry. This is funny. If you, if you were, (laughs) if you were this serious of like, someone's going to get offended. This is really funny. I, I, (laughs) I think this is great and I'm a little upset. I'm not one to start talking about snowflakes and sensitive people but i (laughs) this to me is the perfect example of like it was done in such a subtle way that like you found the offense it didn't say like it didn't make some tasteless joke it's literally just a sandwich ad if you look at this yeah it's just sandwich ad and i could totally (laughs) believe that someone was like maybe even put it up without thinking about it and then said Oh, well, now that you say it, yeah, it is kind of, it is kind of like, <laughs> you know, I don't think this was done maliciously, but I think it's hilarious. No. And if I lived in the town, I'd be like, just leave it up. It's funny. It's funny. And sure, I get it. You're grieving and you're sad, but you can find symbolism in anything to make you even sadder, right? Like, that's yeah. real hard to go. Like, I, I was on my way to the crematorium and I saw a sign for this and I was really offended by this because my, you know, great aunt Sally loved this thing and now you're making fun. You can't make everyone ha- and again it's I can see if it like specifically said something like you know you know you can die happy with a McCrispy or something like that right like I can see if they like played it up but they didn't it's just an ad for the sandwich it's really pretty subtle I think it's hilarious and I think that the Cornwall residents need to lighten up that's my take cuz it's really funny Yeah usually <laughs> I believe the way this works is you don't actually choose as McDonald's. Like you're not choosing where your ads go. You're just like, Oh, we're buying bus stop ads. And it's like, all right, cool. We're going to get, we're going to make sure that your ads are on like, you know, a hundred bus stops throughout this general area. Like, I got it. And if it's not a McCrispy, it's going to be something else. Now there is something funny about a McCrispy being right next to the crematorium. So what we're actually looking at the picture, it shows the crematorium, arrow pointing one way and then literally right next to it it says mccrispy it's not like it's i think it's it's your point it's hilarious i think this is how tourism starts people go to see this that brings in that brings in revenue to the community you know and uh and that's only a good thing i think it's funny i think and i would figure that english people would have better dark humor than this right i would say that that english humor is pretty dry and often pretty dark and I'm surprised that they didn't lean into this more. It, it makes me a little sad that you can't rely on the British to be really dark and sour in their humor. Like there are, there are some playful comments. Now to move on and finish this article, they'll say, yep. here's some quotes from people. 
Anyone who doesn't find, quote, anyone who doesn't find this funny are the same people that were taken into consideration when the Penmount Hotel in Newquay became Pen Berthy Care Home, end quote, one person, I don't know what they is that British humor? It was, it was thought some wouldn't see the funny side of the building full of older folks sharing the same name as the corporate body furnace, end quote. Quote, no worse than our local council entertaining the idea of allowing a crematorium to be built next door to a retirement village, end quote. <laughs> quote someone fell off the chair laughing at quote someone else claimed but here's here's the best one uh cornwall joked that rumors of the mcdonald's poster being replaced by the promotion of burger king's flame grilled whopper couldn't be substantialized before press time yeah <laughs> that's pretty good yeah i'm sorry like i i i'm normally like oh you should see that that's funny and it needs to be funny and I would have left if I was the mayor this time. Like I'm not taking this down, guys. I'm sorry, this is funny, and I'll take it down when it's no longer funny. When mm-hmm. you know, just when they come up with a different sandwich. Now, if they came through with like crispy nuggets or something, then I'm like, all right, guys, like you did it once, and I could just play dumb by going like, I don't get it. That's what I would have done. I'd be like, I don't get it. Why is this funny? Like you don't get it, crispy cream. T- no, I don't get it. Why is this funny? It's a chicken sandwich. Why is a chicken sandwich funny to you? Why does that have to do with death? I just would have totally just played like I didn't understand the joke at all. It's like, well, I'm not taking it down. I don't get it. I don't get the. I don't get the joke, and just see if I could win that way is how I would have approached this. But I'm sad that yeah. you know the people who are very sensitive had this taken down. And if you're that broken up by this, then I understand. But also, I think you look back and go like, yeah, I was really upset about it, but that was pretty funny. That was clever. So yeah. All right. Well. Let's move. Let's wrap up some uh, media therapy. We've been out for a while, so I assume you have a lot of stuff to talk about. But before, and I got a bunch of stuff. I don't know, maybe. But uh, what I do want to ask first and foremost is: Have you seen the Fast Ten trailer yet? (laughs) (laughs) I've seen the jokes about it. I've not. I've not seen the trailer. Should I watch it now? Should I watch it now? I can watch it now. Who's kill Fast and Furious Ten trailer? All right, kill. Can you kill three minutes? I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this. Yeah, I mean I'll get it going in real time as well, okay. like while we're watching. Cause I think seeing your reactions are gonna be great because basically what we have is we're starting we're starting and, and they're having dinner. It's the family, it's Vin Diesel. I it, what you need to know about this series, about the Fast 10 series, about the Fast and Furious series, is I believe it now exists around vin diesel but not in the way vin diesel thinks it revolves around him he is the only person who doesn't get the joke like he he basically drives everything that happens in this series thinking he is the man and everybody else thinks it is hilarious and it is but vin diesel takes it so seriously and that's that what Johnny makes this Depp thing work on a bike no hold on no, it's Jason Momoa. Oh, wow. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to go back. That's No, you'll see him. You'll see him soon enough. And that's right, why I'm watching. this is going to be incredible. Because now that's Momo. Aquaman. Momo's on a bike. <laughs> Aquaman, Aquaman is now being brought into the fold. He's the big bad. He's looking, he's looking good, as he I'm always in. does. And uh, he's blowing some things up. And and they're bringing back everybody. Everybody's back except for except for the Rock, of course, because he still got beef. 
I can't you believe know, they still, replaced The Rock style. with Jason Momoa, and it's actually they didn't a really replace good idea. him. <laughs> they did kind of replace him. They got another. No, he's the villain. But they still kind of because oh, he's the villain now. You don't think he's gonna he's gonna be part of the team in the next one? Oh, good question. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> this is the beginning of the end. This is like part one of the two part finale. They don't actually say it. It's gonna be like wow. Fast he 10. really looks like Jack Sparrow though. Like he right. Like I'm not. I'm not the only one that's seeing this. He's he's playing Johnny Depp as a as a. I mean, a little bit this. with the the with long the hair. Yeah, I, and the I hair. Guess. He, I think he's looking great. <laughs> they they really. But the funny thing is about this trailer is they actually get in all of like the old fast and furious stuff as well. Like there's an actual street race. There's going to be an actual street race in this movie, but yeah, I see what you mean with this stuff. Like he's got the beads and stuff in his hair. Like Jack Sparrow does like, that's kind of, he's Jack Sparrow. That might be a bit much. Great. <laughs> I'm in and I'm in yeah. just because of Jason Momoa. I didn't know he was in. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is. He's just, he's just playing Johnny Depp. He's like, imagine if Johnny Depp in Pirates jacked. of the Caribbean was a member of this universe. And, and Jason Momoa said, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got Brie Larson is in this, in this thing now for whatever reason. No, there's a big, there's a big bowling ball that's breaking down mm-hmm. a bus. Yep. I can't believe you didn't know this trailer came out. I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know this came out. How you would know, but. There's a whole man, lot of green screen work uh, in this thing. Like, oh, I don't yeah, know if Vin Diesel's actually in any of these locations. <laughs> That's the thing, this man. Is if a the fast rock and is trail. You got girls dancing around cars. Yeah, they usually don't get that explicit in a in a Fast and Furious. Ah, uh, we're in twenty twenty three though. If you listen to the music of twenty twenty two, we're getting nasty. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh man, Jason Momoa is great. He's just Johnny yeah. Depp, and he's in a car. Yeah, he's. I can't get over this. I, I told you. I told you why. Did you not listen to me at the beginning? I was, I was, I was watching saying the trailer. I was watching Vin, the trailer. Okay. Let me explain again one more time. Oh, Jason Statham's back. They brought him back. It's yeah, just The Rock who's I not invited to, back, right? You just you just need to under No, he was invited. <laughs> he just won't because he because Vin Diesel was like all condescending to him. That's definitely why. He did it on social media. But the I'm telling you, Vin Diesel is the only one who doesn't think this is a joke. So when Jason Momoa gets invited and shows up, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be Jack Sparrow. And they're like, whatever. <laughs> like, that's what's happening here. You know, I'm watching this trailer and I'm I'm with Vin Diesel. I'm in. I would take this super serious. It Why? Because <laughs> it's great. If he's the one who's Dude, taking this super serious, you... it makes it part of the, you need a straight man, right? right? One of right. the greatest things about comedy is that you need someone who is, who doesn't get it. Even though I think that he is playing the highest level of comedy over all of us where he does get it. Oh, really Charlize Theron is back and she's fighting Michelle Rodriguez in a lab. Are you watching this trailer on like half speed? How is it? Well, I keep so stopping long? it because you're talking to me oh. and I'm trying to get into it. I mean, I just, I got, oh. I'm going to watch it on silent now so I can, I'm going to watch this again when we're off the podcast because I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Like you so didn't you tell to the me, part Jason, with like- you didn't tell me Jason Momoa was going to be <laughs> Jack Sparrow. I'm in. <laughs> Like you could have pitched that to me in an elevator and I would have, I mean, just put him in the next pirates movie, right? Johnny Depp is done making pirates movies. Would you not watch a pirates reboot with Jason Momoa? I'd watch anything with Jason Momoa. <laughs> I mean, 
my it's most I, my the only this thing is, this, is, this might be the best trailer i've seen in, it's in three a it's it's three minutes and 45 seconds long and like, i this still is don't a, really know what's going on in the movie like what's the plot of the movie i don't know it's the perfect trailer J- okay so basically at some point in fast and furious five fast five like something happened so it was like jason momoa is safe that they stole so he's mad and then he at some point he's gonna kidnap uh, uh vin diesel's son and uh yeah then a bunch of shit's gonna explode i John also Cena's believe that jason up. momoa needed no wardrobe they said oh, hey yeah, jason he we're gonna get you no you're stuff. not i'm good I, I got my suitcase with me <laughs> there is, i'm good fellas don't you, I, I i don't need a wardrobe i'm good i'm ready to rock and he just shows up, at, and they're like, yeah, that's what I would have picked. That, that's what he needs to look like. I, I just believe that he came here and said, if I'm going to do this, I just get to be I just be myself. And Vin Diesel's like, yeah, man, whatever. And so he just showed I, up in, like, the snakeskin jacket with the shirt open in his hair. And they just said, yeah, are we filming? We're ready? And he's like, I'm ready. And they just, there's no script for him. He just showed up and just started being himself and said, here's the, all right, Jason, they stole your safe. And he goes, that's all I need. Yep. <laughs> I'm good. Say less. <laughs> Say less. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. He picked his own car. This is his car. It's it's his group mm-hmm. of friends. Like, I just believe this is, they just, they just went in and he's like, this is just your life, right? And he's like, yeah, this is just what I do on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in, man. This trailer is great. And I'm not, I'm not a giant Fast and the Furious fan the way that I think some people really are. Like, I see the joke in it. More than probably the people who really think these are like serious stories, but I no, think Vin I, Diesel gets this. I think he. I think you're wrong. I think he gets this, and I think he knows that he has to play. I don't think that he just accidentally shows up as the straight man. I think Vin Diesel is like, you realize that I understand that everyone's making fun of me, right? But I'm I'm gonna play the. I'm gonna make this as serious as I possibly can. Because without me being serious, this doesn't work. Like, if The Rock was in charge of this, like, if he was Vin Diesel in these movies, I don't think it would be as successful because The Rock sees the joke. And he plays as if he sees the joke. And Vin Diesel, whether he gets the joke or not, he plays as as if this is the role of his career. And it is. And it is. When you think of Vin Diesel, what do you think of? You don't think of Pitch Black? You don't think of Groot? Is he Groot? Yeah, he's group. Yeah, he's also the you Iron think, Giant. He's you also. Think of the Iron um, Giant. You think of this? What was that? Find this Me is, Guilty. He was in that yeah, movie. This is this is this is Vin Diesel. Triple X. Right, he was in Triple X at some point. He sure was. Don't, hey, it was Ice Cube. Triple, <laughs> Ice Cube became Triple X. Triple Triple X: The Return of Xander Cage. I'm waiting for the next one. That's just spinoff. That's just Ruby Rose. This, move, this trailer people is trying to kill lions. i love how it's great i love how he also rebuilt his house after the explosion well yeah of course it looks exactly the same <laughs> it's like the same house it's the same well, one I mean, yeah exactly. and the fact that Ludacris is still hanging around this is fun too <laughs> because what else well, he's because he <laughs> he's a hacker he's like the tech guy for some reason oh he's amazing he ran an auto shop and now he's a he's like an international hacker <laughs> <laughs> Makes perfect sense. It's great. Oh, I love man. it. I'm, you know I'm super Jason, excited. Jason Momoa showing up in this movie has made my day. It's and my day was already oh. pretty good, and this has made my day even better. I did not but, expect. I I literally saw him on this bike, and I thought that was Johnny Depp. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, 
All right. So can you think of, like we said, we last spoke over two months ago. So when, I mean, obviously we've spoken before then, but for the podcast sake, what's the last, like what, what movies or shows have you seen? Have you seen anything <laughs> worth talking about? Have you seen well, the seen menu? Avatar. People are talking about that. <laughs> seen Avatar. And it was a better movie than I thought it was going to be. That's all I'm going to say. It's just, it's better. Wow. The story in the movie was good. Um, mm-hmm. The second time watching it was a little long in some spots, but I mean, three, three hour, 15 minute movie. So I recommend you go see that. I watched cool. Megan. You love it. Love Megan. And I watched Megan at a drive through in Arizona. So I need to watch mm-hmm. Megan again so I can get the full horror movie vibe of it because it's just not as scary when you're in your car. Like a horror movie isn't as scary when you're like, I can just drive away from this. <laughs> so Megan was great, though. That was filmed in New Zealand by a Kiwi director. If you didn't know that, it was a little slice in New Zealand. You're welcome for bringing you, you such great, great movie entertainment. Thank, thank you. And it was great. Now, I would say that Allison Williams, is that her name? Allison? I think that's her name. Alicia, know. sorry. Alicia Williams, maybe. Allison Williams. One of the Williams. Brian sure. Williams' daughter. She related to the other Williams? Who the hell is that woman who's in it's Allison everything? Allison okay. Williams. She's she's not great. Like, she kind of just plays herself. I think. All right. But the little girl playing Megan is great. Like, that movie is is weird. It's campy horror, right? Like, it's not rated R. It's PG-13 horror. So I think you'd actually like it because it's not as gory. And it, it's real campy. Like, there's some really funny parts in that that's just like, oh, yeah, this is really jokey. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was clever. Um. There's some real unnecessary things in it that I enjoyed, but they're going to make this movie has made so much money. This movie, you know, and that's the thing about horror movies, right? Like horror movies aren't taken seriously, sadly, and they do really well because they're not expensive to make. Like Megan Megan, I think, was like, oh, yeah, 20 million at the most and made like 24 million the first the first weekend. So Megan's going to be hit. It's a great movie. I watched Pulp Fiction on a plane. That's the last film I've watched. No. And if you've well, not watched Pulp Fiction, first of all, Quentin Tarantino likes using the N-word a lot. And you forget about that. And then you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, wait a minute, Quentin. So this there's, there's some I, I know this has come up a lot, like not in recent history, but like the last like decade of people being like, why does Quentin Tarantino keep using the N-word? And Sam Jackson's like he like can't say anything because he kind of made his career, like, like Quentin Tarantino made Sam Jackson what he is to like right now, right? Like Sam Jackson wasn't other stuff as like, as like kind of like a side character or as a little bit, you know, like he was in Coming to America. He was the, he was the robber, and so like Sam Jackson's always kind of played like these kind of ancillary, kind of like side characters and. Pulp Fiction made Sam Jackson like the the no nonsense, you know, like guy holding a gun that he's yeah. become today, right? Like I think if it wasn't for Pulp Fiction, Sam Jackson's career would be totally different. <clears throat> right. He'd be doing probably a bit more kind of what Denzel's doing, but probably almost like Morgan. Like he'd be doing just kind of more serious stuff where Sam Jackson just said, I'm just gonna be this guy that yells like this, right? Like he just became that guy in Pulp Fiction. And he also yeah. saved and he also saved John Travolta's career in that movie. Like if you look at Pulp, look at the cast of Pulp Fiction. Oh, it's insane. 
it's insane. It's it's, nuts. A, it's, it's, it's one got that Bruce I keep Willis Bruce in it. It's Willis got Bruce is in Willis that movie. Yeah, after, exactly. After exactly, the diehard yeah. stuff, like he took a bunch of people that I would argue careers were kind of dead, and he completely gave them another thirty years of life with that movie. That movie is great. Other than the fact that he used the N-word real casually with a bunch of white people saying it. And it's a lot. And you're like, whoa, that's a hard R there, Quentin. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of his thing. And then you made Django to say he was sorry, (laughs) I guess. A lot of N-words in that movie, too. (laughs) But it was more of like, uh, you know, we know it's racism. So, you know, here comes comes Jamie Foxx. You did as an excuse? Like an excuse to just... I think so, because he's like, I'm going to make a slavery movie, so you can't say that I can't say it now, because I said it in casual (laughs) talk, and then, you know, Vin Rame... Again, there's a lot of, like, weird... I was watching that, and I was like, man, this movie you could not make today. But even just the way the movie starts with that first scene with Tim Roth, (laughs) like, it's just... It's a great movie. So if you've not watched Pulp Fiction... I I, that That's my... I think when someone asked me what's my favorite movie, I think it is Pulp Fiction. Like historically, wow. that's what I would tell people. I love oh, that movie because that movie to me is like it's filmmaking. Like it's just really like it's dialogue, and like the story is really simple. And like I like, so, I mean, that's why I kind of like the Africa. The story's simple, right? Like I don't need movie stories now are like real complex, and you got to follow the names and all the people. And it's like you have to do all that with Pulp Fiction. It was pretty straightforward. Like it's not a complicated story. And there's weird, like, mysterious stuff in there, like what's inside the briefcase that you don't really need an explanation for. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not like, ooh, here's this mysterious suitcase, and I'm going to spend the whole movie trying to explain to you what's inside the suitcase. Like, it didn't need that. It's like, the suitcase is there, and it's a part of the movie. So, like, to me, like, that movie's just perfect in a lot of ways. Now, like, yeah, obviously, Quentin Tarantino, he's known for dialogue. Like, that's a big part of kind of what he does. It's really well done. So, yeah, I think Pulp Fiction is my favorite movie. But you should watch it again because you'll see stuff that's problematic, but it's still really well done. Yeah. All right. Cool. But yeah, I think well, that's it, though. Like, I'm not. I started watching so I, Yellowstone, which is really popular. And I'm like four <laughs> episodes popular. in. Sounds like you're lukewarm on it. I don't know, man. It's the it's the stuff that like I felt this way with Sons of Anarchy. It's got a lot of that in it, where it's like, oh. it's like white people doing white people things, and you're just like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's like white people motorcycle gang. You're like, okay, I guess. And it's like these problems yeah. are real, and we're you know we're trying to survive. I'm like, okay, I guess. And then mm-hmm. this is kind of the same. It's like we're on a ranch and we've got a bunch of money, but we're keeping the Native Americans down. So like it's good. I don't dislike it. And I like cowboy stuff. Like it's fine. But I could totally see why some guy in the middle of Kentucky is like, this is my favorite show. Like I get it. Like it's it's catering to a certain audience of people who probably watched Sons of Anarchy and really liked it. So it's just it's weird. I, I'm I'm enjoying it though. I don't we'll see if I make it. It's five seasons. I'm like, man, it's a lot of it's a lot of cowboys. Wow. Stuff. Didn't realize I got that far. Okay. Yeah. Fair and then enough. they started doing spinoffs of like earlier times, like 1923. I yeah, think they got a uh, Harrison Ford in one of those things, right? Yeah. Like they just started making, and again, the cowboy, look okay, again, I, I like, I like the genre. I'm a big fan of the cowboy stuff, but it's just, oh. but it just leans a little bit more towards like white plight. It's just a little bit like, okay, like, yes. Like I, I just have a hard time connecting to like the rich, guy who's running away from his money and he, like it's just weird like i don't know it's a weird connection thing that i just i struggle to have just like i'm sure there's probably a bunch of black stuff that people watching like i don't get it like atlanta right everyone loves atlanta and there's probably some white guy in kentucky going i don't i don't get this why is the black kid from community trying to teach me about african-american stuff in atlanta 
Like, I don't get it. I've been to Atlanta. It's fine. Like, I, I can get why someone on the other end of the spectrum wouldn't like a show like that. So I get it. Um, but Gosh. I think that's it, though. And then I need I'm, I need to I've watched like four episodes of Chainsaw Man, which is super weird. <laughs> people like it. People love it. It's super weird, but I'll finish it. They also but started again, watching just, the Trigun show, right? Didn't you start watching that too? I downloaded it. I haven't started. I I kind of I didn't watch any of it. I was going to get through Chainsaw Man first. Oh, I see. Got it. That's okay. fine. Like I watched a couple. I watched a couple episodes before we talked in San Diego, and I'm kind of towards the end. And it's like it's Alice saw them. Like, what is this? And I was like, Oh, it's an anime. She goes, Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's the right reaction. That's, that's all you need to know. <laughs> that's the reaction. Good reaction. Yep. Fair uh-huh. enough. Yeah, she was first so, like, what is this? And then I just said, it's an anime. And she, her response was, okay, goodbye. No more questions. Yeah, pretty much. So anyways, that's what <laughs> yeah. I've been watching. I've tried to play Mario versus Rabbids 2. I played it on the first flight to New Zealand. I've not played it since. So that's where I am with video games. All right. So, oh, hold on. One last thing. The Last oh, of Us. Oh. Mm-hmm. Two episodes in. People, people love it. People love it. I feel like Pedro Pascal is just going to be in everything. Mm-hmm. That's just where we are. It's his moment. Good for him. Um, see his face. I like I like that it looks like a video game, which is weird. Because I could give a critique of like you can tell that all of these backgrounds are digital and not real. But I like it. It adds to the aesthetic of I played both of these games. I understand the games. And I think it's really well done connection to the games. So I think they do enough That's- fan service. With I just need to of, stop you yeah. because yeah, it was it's so interesting that you've said that mm-hmm. you could tell it's green screen and that yeah. you it looks like a video game because I was literally just listening to a podcast like about an hour ago where they were talking about this and it was it was it, the podcast is Playwatch Listen so one of the people on it is Troy Baker who played Joel in the game and he's been involved in all of this stuff I guess mm-hmm. I don't know to what capacity. And he's so he's been on the set and all that stuff, but they were going on about how they're like, yeah, you can't even tell it's a green screen or any of that stuff. And <laughs> like I, when someone told me it was fake, I couldn't believe it. And Dude. Uh, I mean, Troy Baker didn't say that, but the other people on the podcast did. And I was just like, yeah, well, I, I mean, looking at it at a glance, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't seem like it. And then it's, you, obvious. it's you, glaringly <laughs> obvious. Like it's, 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 it couldn't it's just be more obvious to me yeah. of just like, oh, it's a great. Like you can just tell like it's like that's a green screen. Like that's or it's or it's a digital LED screen for some of it because the lighting is so drastically different between the characters in the background. Like it doesn't look, mm-hmm. doesn't look like they sit in the same world. But a lot of that stuff I think is almost intentional to make it look like the cutscenes in the video game. So I'm cool with it, but I also I'm not watching this going like that doesn't look real. I'm like I played the game, I know what the story is. But I mean, it just kind of tells me like, well, we don't have to try as hard. That's my takeaway from Avatar, which is like, we tried really hard. We probably didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's awful to say. Hey, look, but it's just like, saw, yeah, like there's a lot of things I saw. I go, oh, that looks awful. Everyone's like, this is amazing. And I was like, oh, that that we didn't finish. <laughs> it doesn't look right. But no one else notices. So it's like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Well, I did see Avatar. I watched it. It was good. Good work. Well done. Did, did, Looks great. Did you no spoiler alert? Did you cry at the end? Did, did you tear up at all no. at the end? You didn't tear no. up. I felt. I felt nothing. Wow. <laughs> you. <I> felt, <laughs> it was fine. I. I. I thought it was very wow. pretty. It was cool. It was a good movie. Um. You know. No. no, no look. I, I will throw some shade at you and Greg, who both kind of continuously told me that like. You don't know who the people are who are watching this movie. And I didn't I'm, say at yeah. the time, 
the blueies. But I think that says more about the two of you than it does about everybody else. What, that we don't know any blueies? <laughs> Look, I, I think in general, the fact of there's more people who saw that movie. Yeah, right. Just statistically, mm-hmm. in the U.S. than haven't. Right? I right. Think. It's like, yeah. I mean, I even ju- though, even though s- I know, I, I know statistically people have seen it multiple times and yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. like, there's more people who've seen that movie than not. So I think there's plenty of people that if you talk to them and they're like, yeah, this, I was waiting for this film. Now, again, I, I tend to be on the side that you're on where I'm just, I mean, I, we talked about someone's work. I was like, I don't know who cares about this stuff, but I think it's going to look really nice. But yeah. like, oh, it looks no great. Really wait. I'm not waiting for this movie. But I, I think to me, that's kind of like, that kind of tells you where things are where like people want kind of basic stuff like the, again like people i don't think people are looking for they're looking for stuff that looks good they don't necessarily really care about needing to do such insane detailed world building like i think that's why some of the game of thrones stuff i think we're getting to a moment in television where it's like show me pretty stuff and give me a simple story and I think we're headed towards that, to be honest. Like, I think people are gravitating towards the things that are a little easier to to, to digest. I guess. And, I, yeah. The thing is, I, even if people saw it, I never heard anybody. Like I said, when I'm talking about the Blueies, I'm talking about a very specific group of people who were, like, hyped about it. And while people have seen it, and like, yeah, I'll see it, but... No one was amped about it. Like I am excited. But, but I guess that's my point, see, though. Hang like, on, like, I am, I am excited yeah. to see okay. Ant Man. Right? I'm going to see that. But that's that my point, in though. Five like, days. People are right. excited. I like there. You can feel they're excited. But why are they excited? Hold on. But why are they excited about it? Right? It's because of the. It's it's the expansion of this universe that you need to be interested. It's not about that movie. It's about what that movie means in the grander scale of what they're building. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. No one cares about sure. the grander scale of Avatar because the grander scale of Avatar is not that deep. It's not. Like people right. have how made does that, it. Deep. How does a movie like that make two billion dollars? <laughs> because you go yeah. in for three hours and fifteen minutes, you watch it, and then you move on with your life. So the Marvel stuff, it feels like mm-hmm. you're you're constantly on. Like I don't yeah. care. I don't need to like the fact that you're opera. basically telling me that I have to care about all the other crap that's happened in the movies kind of before it to understand what. Like again, people are like oh. um... What's his name? The dude that's going to become a star soon because he's in everything. Uh, What's that Pascal? dude's name? I just, I just drew a... <laughs> <laughs> he should play... King. Oh, Jonathan Majors? Jonathan yes. Majors? But that's my point, though. Everyone's just like, oh, yeah, he showed up in the other movie, but it's a different timeline, and people like try to explain this to me, and I'm just like, this is why, this is why I find it really hard to really care about... And again, I, I'm, I'm not a comic book hater. Like, I'm not. I just don't... Sometimes I just want to zone out for three hours and 15 minutes. Enjoy a really simple story and not have to research the next 20 films that are coming out to try and catch up to what's being done. Now, again, this is not in some defense of Avatar. It's just me realizing sometimes just encapsulating your thing in a simple story is better for some people where Ant-Man, I think, will do just fine. I think people are going to see it. and It's going to be great. It's going to make a bunch of money. But there's a group of people who are just like... I'm just going to watch it when I, when it gets home, just so I know what happens next. Like, I just need the next part to just make sure I'm on top of whatever the hell they're going to do next. So it's just not, it doesn't stand alone anymore. Like, those movies need all the other crap around it, I think is my point. I don't think this Avatar movie does either, but there's only one before it. However, thinking about this, because I just said, you know, I've said it before that the Marvel movies have basically become soap operas at this point. I have one yeah. rule. I've said it before. 
The rule that a movie becomes a soap opera is when you bring a dead character back to life. So congratulations, Avatar. You've become a soap opera in your second in your second movie because the one of the few guys you killed, the villain, you brought that guy back to life to yeah, be course. the villain again. Of course. Well, Stephen Lang. Avatar is a soap opera. Yeah. Did you? I mean, yeah, yeah. There is a there is a planet full of people. <laughs> There are two planets full of people that you could have made a villain. Ah, it was worth it. It was worth it. But look, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the movie. It was it was a great experience, just like the first one. Um, and I don't remember many of the details, to be perfectly honest. No, and do fine. you? I don't think you need to. Like no, honestly, like that's part not. of my point. I'm like, I actually don't think it matters if you don't remember the details. I think it's all right. No, it's like a ride. You're basically but, just getting on the ride. Yeah, but I do feel like you need to remember the details of all of the stupid Marvel movies. Like, I've still not seen Black Panther. I'm going to watch it at some point at home. But I just didn't feel compelled to, like, I was like, I know enough about it that I don't feel compelled to rush out to the movie theater to see it. And I feel that way about Ant-Man, even though some of the concepts and the ideas in that movie look really good. But I also know that, like, it's they're going to rush through some stuff that I really want them to spend time on because it's a Marvel movie. And they just need to, they need to get to the next part of the story to sell the next movie like it just that's how i feel with that stuff so like i'll see ant-man am i gonna go well you know what i probably will see ant-man in movie theater just because we've got a new imax screen in new zealand that i haven't been able to go to so maybe i'll actually go watch nice. that movie in imax it's either that or the super mario brothers movie i'm gonna watch in imax either one. Oh yeah for that so I'm that movie that. looks I'll, good I'll... by the way i i, I know i'm, I'm tongue-in-cheek kind of making oh, but yeah i think it actually it no, looks, it looks good yeah i agree I think I think they're going to nail it. I think uh, I think this is going to be a banner year for video game adaptations. Between, I mean, honestly, if you just stop there, um, with Marvel Bros. Last of the, Us, you stop those two. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what there's going to be other adapted, things. Though? I guess that's my question. What else is good? Well, that's the thing. Twisted Metal is going to have a show. Really? So that's, and Anthony Mackie's the star. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I would have not. I would have not put all that together. Yeah, it's going to be pretty wild. Samoa Joe is in it too. Will Arnett. It's going to be wild. Wow. <laughs> but that, but that's kind of what a Twisted Metal show should be. So I actually think it's going to be a pretty... I think it's going to do a good job of the thing it's trying to do. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, I would have not picked Anthony Mackie to be part... Anthony Mackie's career is a little weird, though. Yeah, he's a, he delivers. He God does, but up. he also does a lot of he also does a lot of stuff that I'm like, is he not too big to be doing that? But then you're like, oh no, it seems like it works. It's weird. Yeah, but there's there's some stuff coming out, so we'll uh, we'll see. We'll My favorite Anthony out. Mackie. Oh, the Gran Turismo, the, the Gran Turismo movie as well. That's coming out this year. Does it have Aaron Paul? Actually... <laughs> no, that was the Need for Speed movie. I but think no, he it's just actually be in this one. Why not no, put him in both? No, but. <laughs> But if I get, I could have, I could give you a hundred guesses as to who's directing this movie, and you would never get it. The, the it car is being universe. directed. It's being directed universe, by right, like Need for Speed, Gran no, Turismo, and they not, end up in no. the final Fast and Furious movie. No, it's uh, <laughs> it Neil Blomkamp is directing this movie. The the dude from for directed Chappie and District Nine. That's right, Chappie and Elysium. Who could forget? <laughs> Um, that's the guy. And it's, uh, it's actually based on a true story. It's, it's based on a guy who, wait, 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 w
Yeah, so here we oh. go. The premise. And of course, it's got Digimon Hansu in it. Why not? Because <laughs> he's in everything. The film is the coming of age story of John Martinborough, a teen Gran Turismo player whose gaming skills won a series of Nissan sponsored video game competitions to become an actual professional race car driver. Wow. How odd. Yeah. Yeah. There's a very short teaser trailer for that as well. Out oh, there. so wait, so. it's actually, it's, it's not like characters in the game. Like he's going to be playing the actual game. Right. It's a, like it's, it's a story based about on him a becoming true a story uh, okay. who played okay. the game. Yeah, exactly. So it's an interesting approach for a video game movie. I, I'm very intrigued, but I actually think that's going to be okay. I think it's going to be okay. I mean, it's got Orlando Bloom in it. Like, what has he been doing? Sure. He looks like a totally different person, by the way. When you look at his images now, he just looks like a totally different person than he was 20 years yeah. ago. Yeah. So I saw whatever the hell I was just talking about. Um, I also watched what the hell oh, was well, here? Oh, Glass that's Onion. De- that's depressing. I just read this article. So, like, why is Orlando Bloom not on anymore? Then I also saw Glass Onion, so we can get to that. I was sick of seeing myself, Bloom told the Hollywood Reporter. I was sick of the sight of myself almost with all the publicity that it. That had to go along with all these movies. And inevitably, I think you just burn out to the extent to yourself and for the audience. So, yeah, he burned out. He got tired of looking at himself. That's depressing. All right. Anyways, Glass Onion. I liked it. Good times. <laughs> just like uh, more. Give me more of Benoit Blanc. I, I didn't like it. I liked okay. Knives Out a lot. I didn't like this so much. I think Knives Out is by far and away a better movie. Um, Glass Onion was a weird. I think it tried to do a little too much. Now, I'm happy with Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig's fine. I just didn't like the premise of the movie, to be honest. Yeah, it's an interesting premise, and I, it's hard to talk about why without spoiling it. Yeah. But I think it's a movie that does better on a second viewing. Hmm, because it doesn't actually, I've only seen it once. Because yeah. it... Because it doesn't unveil the point of the movie until very far into the movie. Yeah. So it's, I feel like, yes, it do, it is a victim of trying to be too clever. But I think that's actually where it kind of benefits from being on Netflix. Because it's like you can immediately rewatch it whenever you want. Mm. Uh, but I did actually get a chance to see it in theaters. So I was very excited that I got to do that. Because it was in theaters for one week. So... I, I just enjoy it. I enjoy all the characters. Um, I like the uniqueness of it. I did like the twist when I saw it the second time. I liked that I was able to watch it with that eye, knowing that what was actually being solved was pretty cool. I thought everybody delivered. It's just it's just a bunch of people having fun. And I do like the fact that it's probably one of the first movies I've seen that actually embraces COVID as being a real thing. Hmm. And they actually have uh, some pretty good fun with it. There's a lot of there's a lot of good jokes in there about COVID. <laughs> not yeah, I should watch it again because when I first watched it, I was like, "Man, it, this but, is yeah. not nearly as interesting as Knives Out." Yeah, because the first half is like meandering and weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you if you see it again, it's pretty cool. So, um, and then the last thing I want to talk about, I saw the Fablemans. This is the last movie I want to talk about. The Fablemans. Oh, yeah, I saw little, this. Uh, Steven Spielberg, right? <clears throat> yeah. Um, have you ever felt? catfished by a movie before so let, let me let me see if i can come up with what i think you mean yeah as in everything up to that movie sort of tells you something that you know it's basically saying this is what the movie is this is what the movie is you're like okay yeah. i'm interested in that and you get mm-hmm. there and immediately it's got nothing to do with what they've sold you on. yes right <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty much um 
Not. I, I'd have to think about it. Maybe. Um, but I don't think so. I mean, and I'm not talking about like twist either. Like I'm talking about like from the like the minute the movie starts, you're like yeah, five I'm minutes in, you're almost like, like, am I in the right movie? Like, what is this? I'm talking premise, <laughs> tone, all of it. Yeah. No, I like, don't. Not think obviously so, not a twist. Yeah. I get. I'll, I'll think about this. Maybe next next time we do this podcast, I'll have an answer for you. But I don't think so to answer your question today. Yeah, I'd be curious to know because I saw this movie expecting something. And yeah, okay, even the even the description here, I'm reading on Rotten Tomatoes here. Young Sammy Fableman falls in love with movies after his parents take him to see the greatest show on earth. Armed with a camera, Sammy starts to make his own films at home, much to the, to the delight of his supportive mother. That's it. That's the description that you get on Rotten hmm. Tomatoes. Have you? What do you think this movie's about? I think it's about <laughs> what you just said. It was. I mean, I, what yeah, I was right. told, it's a it's a, it's a story of Steven Spielberg's life in a way. Was what it was what yeah. my general idea of what this movie is. It's like it's not about his life, but it is. It's like how he became a director. Yes. So it is very yeah. And I even looked it up afterwards. Like the autobiographical nature of it is quite strong, right. which I always like. I always appreciate it. This is a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's probably a very good movie. I mean, it's been nominated um, for a bunch of crap, hasn't it? So yeah, yeah. And I uh, so when I went into it though, I was expecting, oh, this is going to be a this is going to be a nice, positive, feel good movie about Steven Spiel, a young Stevie Spielberg, <laughs> discovering the joy of filmmaking and and the craft and that kind of stuff. And that's probably twenty uh, percent of the movie. This is. This movie's like super depressing. It's it's like it's all family drama about him and his and his parents getting a divorce and this kind of stuff. Like that is most of the movie. And it's like a like deep drama about that. So those kind of all of those moments of joy that you'd want are just like it's basically a footnote to the to the rest of the plot, which is all about him like navigating his family situation and moving from place to place and anti-Semitism and in LA high school. It's like, holy shit, what is this movie? <laughs> wow. Um, but again, very good. And if nothing else is worth it for the very last scene of the movie, with um, which is also which which I was very excited to hear was basically word for word actually what happened. So it's not a spoiler if you know about Steven Spielberg, but I guess um, like he got his break doing Hogan's Heroes and I guess he had an encounter with John Ford. So that's like one of the last scenes of the movie Hmm. is him talking to John Ford. And I'm not going to say any more than that, but it's perfect. That whole scene is like it's a two and a half hour movie. I'd say it's worth watching for the last 10 minutes of the movie, which are incredible (laughs) like they should give i'm not gonna say who plays john ford uh that i won't spoil because it's a great cameo but that dude should get a supporting acting (laughs) nomination but i don't think he did no i don't think he did either but it's incredible so yeah fablements that's how i say it (laughs) uh yeah and i haven't watched any tv so game wise i played a lot of games i'm not going to talk about them all because it's already kind of we're getting kind of long here. Well, not yes. really, but I've also played a lot. I've played, so I keep my list going. I finished a bunch of stuff at the end of the year. Let's see here. When I finished at the end of last year, just so I'm not. Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, Citizen Sleeper 
this game kind of tricked me into reading a book uh, more so than playing a game, but it was a very good one. This game, uh, I finished this at the end of 2022. It was making a lot of lists on how this is great. It's so good. And I was like, all right, let's give it a shot. I jump in. It's like kind of this deep CRPG. It's a lot of dice rolling. You just read a shit ton. The gameplay is just selecting menus, talking to people. They talk to you back. There's no voiceovers. So you're literally just reading everything and trying to make life on this space station in the cyberpunk style game. But it was super compelling. I think I played it over the course of like, I don't know, three days. And it just completely absorbed me. And at first I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. But then once it got its hooks in me, oh, baby, what a ride. Good times. <laughs> Since then, this year, I've rolled credits on one, two, three, four, five, six, wow. seven, eight games. All very small ones. I mean, I finished, I mean, technically nine because I played through. So I'm working on Aka R that goes live in 10 days. I played through that on Switch on the plane. So that's going to be fun. But yeah, of these games, let's see. Let's talk about Hi-Fi Rush. Shadow Dropped during an Xbox conference. This is one of the more unique games I've played recently. And kind of kind of a throwback to character action games like Adele May Cry, that kind of stuff. But it's it's got an awesome art style. I showed you this trailer. It's that kind of Saturday morning cartoon style game mm-hmm. that yep. it it's just awesome. So the premise is you play as this guy who like tries to get this robot arm. He gets a robot arm, but also gets a, uh, like his iPod, like installed in his chest as well by accident. And as a result, everything in the world is going to a beat. You have this, uh, and you play through the game, like a, you know, like a character action game, but you get rewarded for every action you do on beat with the song. And there's some cool licensed tracks there. Like there's nine inch nails in there alongside with some others. And, the music is awesome. The The story is super fun because the characters are so well written and voice acted. And this game, the previous games that these guys made were the were uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, which I played last year and actually really liked. Um, and the Evil Within. So these guys are used to doing more like horror theme style games. And then all of a sudden they come out with one of the most bright and cheery, uplifting games I've played in a really, really long time. And I highly recommend this one. It's on Xbox. It's on PC and Game Pass. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, this last one I'll talk about just because it's ridiculous. I played through. I finished this last night. Uh, Fashion Police Squad, which Fashion is Police Squad. Fashion Police Squad. So I played this on Switch. It's on everything, but it's a first person shooter. Oddly enough, Fashion Police Squad FPS. And you play as the Fashion Police and you have and your weapons are all based and your and the enemies are all based around fashion crimes. So, wow. so like you, the first crime is like dull suits. So you have your shotgun, which kind of shoots a bunch of paintballs and that'll transform them and make them all bright and colorful. You have your tailor gun. So if someone's like, so you got these guys wearing these big suits and throwing suitcases at you and you, you shoot them with the tailor gun or uh, <laughs> what is the other one? There's some ridiculous one. Like there's, Oh yeah. There's, one of them was a like some, with a belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's your melee. Your melee weapon is a is a belt <laughs> that you whip at people, and you uh, and then you activate your power up ability, which is like a slap. Like you kind of slap. <laughs> wow, it's it's crazy. It's super creative. It's not very long. Like I think it only takes like a few hours to beat. There's only like 13 levels in the game, and yeah, it's awesome. Like there's some good platforming in there with the whip. There's um, 
oh yeah the one of the fashion crimes is like a speedo and crocs <laughs> there's puns galore there's references galore and oh man it was when i saw the reveal for this thing about two months ago i said oh man i need this thing i need this in my life blasted through it once i once i picked it up and then I, and now i've just started the metroid prime remastered uh uh, the Metroid Prime, sound like an old man. Metroid Prime Remastered. Shadow dropped on Twitch the other day, so now I'm playing that. It's exciting stuff. So yeah, lots of good, uh, lots of good games coming up. This is going to be a crazy ass year for games. So I'm excited. Yeah, lots of. I saw the trailer for uh, was it Zelda, the the new one, Tears of the Kingdom. Yep. Tears of the Kingdom. I, I don't know how that is for May? for name of a Zelda game, to be honest. Yeah, it's a lot. Feels a little lazy. The trailer, everybody's like talking about how great this trailer is. It's good. I, I just don't it's not, understand. It's not as good as the Fast 10 the, trailer. <laughs> well, no, of course not. Yeah, if Jason Momoa was, it would be way better. But the voice acting so weird for me. Um, but whatever. I'm not playing that game. For I'm sure story. the game's fine. It's just, yeah, I, I saw the trailer and was like, yeah, I'm going to play it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I'm not playing it. But shout out to Drew, who, if he's listening, because he's, uh, he's playing Persona 5 on Switch. Uh, and last I, I checked, he was he's 35 hours in. Well, he, uh, he keeps complaining. He keeps complaining about it. But I'll, I'll give an update. But he's playing. I mean, if you're 35 minutes, 35 hours in, dude, that's, you know, you're playing. The well, game look, he point. played he played through Dangarampa and did nothing but complain the whole way through. saying <laughs> He's just too stubborn to give up on. He starts it. He's going to finish it. He also complained. He put about 120 plus hours into Zelda as well. And he kept complaining about that, too, because I don't of all know how he complained about the last Zelda. Game. That's like one of the greatest games of all time. Hey, like, man, look, he could come on and defend himself. You want me to bring him on? We yeah, you should. Uh, all right, cool. We'll get you I'm just surprised. I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm with, I'm with, with, I can be a contrarian and complain about stuff, but like Breath of the Wild is one of those games where you're like, yeah, that was great. Like, was well, he was annoyed game. by the uh, destructible weapons. He hated that stuff. Ah, uh, fair enough. Like, yeah, I, I get yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's weird, but I get Fair it, enough. But yeah, I get that. Because there are times where I was like, I don't want to use this weapon because I don't feel like repairing it. So I'm with yeah. it, but that's such a small for such a great game. Like, just because you could use any weapon, like it was great. But anyway, yeah, yeah I really <laughs> liked it. I didn't. The thing is, I don't know. Maybe I got to go back and play Breath of the Wild. I played through it. I liked it a lot. I think I mean, yeah, I should replay that five, game 40 hours in it. But I just didn't. I didn't love it to the to the people who say like it's one of the, it's like the best game of all time. I don't. It's not the best game. It's one of the best. games. I'm not there. I agree people, with him I, there. I mean, you play a lot more I, games than I do, but. I mean, it's great. No, but it's the I, best, it's, I was, I'd argue it's the best Zelda game other than Wind Waker. And that's a style thing more than anything else. Wind Waker is my favorite. I prefer, I guess my thing is I prefer games with more structure. And that's the thing is Zelda, like Breath of the Wild is a game that will give you what you put into it. And I don't know, sometimes that kind of stuff is a mood based thing. So like if I'm going to put it's, into it, it like, oh, like that much stuff, that sounds like a personality issue. It's yeah, maybe 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 you're right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that to be, but just like you know, some people are like, well, just what are you why can't you just kind of put me? And I know on rails is the wrong way to put this, but like put me on a way that I kind of just have to beat the game versus like you got to do whatever you want. It's like that's yeah, yeah. But I'm not like, even saying like that. Like I like a, the original games. Say there was an overall structure, but it still had a bunch of exploration to it, and it was more about these these puzzles and dungeons i always liked the my favorite thing about zelda has always been like those interconnected dungeons like once you get to a dungeon and you're solving puzzles and you're making your way to the boss and it's like that was the part that was the magic of 
of those Zelda games to me, like on from N64 and beyond. And getting to so when Breath of the Wild came out and it was more about those mini yeah. uh, like the shrines, I was like, cool. It was just finding all those shrines. But what I really liked was what was lost was that complexity. And I wasn't mm. as enamored by this enormous open world that was largely vacant. Like it's very good, but also yeah. like to go all over the place just to find a seed. And you're like, great. Or it's like, here, here's, here you go. You just found me this by uh whatever. Here's a, here's like 50 gems. You're like, great. Got it. So it's like th- what I mean by you get what you put in. It's like the, you get the, the extent you want to kind of exist in that world and truly immerse yourself and be like progress be damned then you're going to love it. Yeah, and it but, might have been a mood thing. Like, I played this game yeah. when I was taking a six-month break and had nothing else to do. So yeah. that's the perfect type of game. You don't have anything to do. Just kind of roam around. And like you said, you got to put what you put into it. I put a bunch into it for three weeks, and it was great. Yeah. And that's not to talk shit about the game. I think it's excellent. I, I, I'm i not taking away from it. But I'm with you. I Wind Waker is my favorite, not just because of the aesthetic, but also because they, the music is that another game, that level. game is is surprisingly underrated yeah the narrative Wait. has completely flipped and now people do actually yeah, appreciate okay. it because at the time everyone's yeah. like this game sucks and i was like this game's really great yeah then the and the the updated version for wii u is even better because it has the uh they abbreviated that part at the end where you have to find all the pieces of the triforce and it's like that's a lot shorter and that hmm. was the biggest problem with the original game but Everything up until that point is like near perfect. It's it's incredible. I'm waiting for that thing to come to Switch. It will eventually, but I'll I'll gladly fork over sixty bucks again when they ask for it. I'll be there. Yeah, I'll be yeah. There. You and everyone else that owns a Switch, I think. So, mm-hmm. hey, I was surprised when Metroid Prime came out. It's only forty bucks. I mean, only, but they actually updated it with new textures, controls, everything. Like it's. It's good. If you haven't played Metroid Prime on GameCube, that should be your next game. Hmm. So that is one of the best games of all time, without question. It's unbelievable. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'll give it a go. Uh-huh. Right. Cool. Well, we're back. Well, you got two hours are. of us back. So you're welcome. Oh, these yeah. Are long. Um, yeah, I don't see a reason why we wouldn't do get back to a somewhat weekly swing now. Should we try to. to. Yeah. Right. Right on. Well, you know, now that we're back, if you haven't done so, subscribe, review us on iTunes. Let's get some, let's get some of those going and tell people about it. You know, tweet. Um, we never talked about all that Twitter stuff. Did that, when did Elon, did Elon Musk, it does, I don't even want to get into this. Um, say, let's not rehash that. <laughs> I was going to say, post, post it on Hive, Instagram. Just yell it. Open up your window. Yell it out the window. Tell people. Subscribe. He's abroad. He's abroad.com. It's got all those links. And until next time. Oh, shuck it, duck it now. <laughs>